Uh, hi, howdy. Uh, you know how that last episode I, I talked about how we talked about Black Friday, even though the episode like actually came out after Black... It happens this one, too, right at the beginning, we're, and probably at the end? I can't remember. We talk a bunch about Black Friday. Again, I thought maybe I should just trim all of it out, and then I thought, that's a bunch of work that will not matter after about two or three weeks. So, uh, enjoy the retrospective. Do you remember where you were? Uh, also, fight me. What the f*** going on down there? Well, and the rough thing is, it's like in Canada, it's not like you have the, uh, oh, the no, yeah. Thanksgiving is the day before is the reason why, like, everybody has Friday off because everybody gets Thursday off for Thanksgiving. No, what happened is your guys' friggin' uh, consumer nightmare virus plague that is Black Friday has infected the rest of the world. Uh, not just Canada either. I got a Black Friday email from Amazon Japan. <laughs> Alright? All I'm saying is quarantine that stuff. Uh, anyway. Hi everyone, welcome to WTF and TFW, where we hate capitalism. <laughs> well, I do, apparently. I, I just have lots of unpleasant things to say about it. I still use the thing. It tastes good. But, uh, you know, got to own what you do. You know, you can't you can't be into something and, and be all like, also, it's healthy for me. Uh, Aaron, uh, how many barricades have you bought for Black Friday? I assume it works like the purge over there now where you have to get like a security system for your home. Uh, no, I haven't. I just am hoping to do the same uh, thing that I do with uh, my brother and his wife of go and observe the madness and so, uh, maybe get like a box of lego when you observe the, the madness here's what i gotta ask do you like are you are you a uh a steve Irwin who shows up in the morning to walk in with the madness or are you uh a i don't know the name of another one who shows up you know <laughs> two hours three hours after the fact just to see the holes in the wall to see the aftermath uh i i'm there as it happens oh boy so okay. uh it has been before where um like we've been in Walmart when like all the wrapping comes off and then we go for like the what did we I think we got an Xbox One controller for like $30 one year or something and then spent like an hour trying to check out because the lines were huge. So I'm not saying do this but also you should do this cuz it would be a favor to me. If you do that this year, can you bring just like like all y'all bring like two or three boxes of crackers and cookies each and just give them to the people at the cashiers. See the, the, the times that I've gone out and done that, they were also just like rocket focused on churning people through. I think that could very well be something that breaks that rhythm. Uh, you don't have to like and, pause to like show it to them. You just you just put it on the table. You push it over to their side. Yeah, but they're going to be like, "Why did you buy crackers? What are you doing?" And then you have to yeah. no, they're for you. But, and they're going to say like, "What? This what on scan earth are you doing?" No, no, no. You don't. You don't. You don't have to have the conversation. You just say, "These are yours. Do some good. Have a good day." And you just leave. You know, these are yours. And then before think, they can ask I, a question, you've turned and left. And they're like, "Huh? Guess no, these are mine." I, I, I don't want to leave that poor person more stuff to have to sit there and worry about. All right. 
I don't know. I think someone out if, if someone out there can tell me if this makes any sense. I just try to think how can we better treat the people who have to to tend to the slavering massive flesh and teeth that shows up that day. Um other than like actually becoming a herder of the flesh and like you show up with a hockey stick and you just like guide the crowd yourself, you know, like a sheep like a sheep herd with the crook. But like crooks are weird and hard to find, so you know hockey sticks like basically a crook. Uh, sure, DJ, you're, show- you're showing your Canadian. Everything has to come back to hockey. <laughs> hey, yep, that's how we handle Black Friday. Uh, TJ, uh, how about you? Uh, are you? Are you? Do you guys have purge level? I mean, you're in Florida. I assume once Black Friday turns into the purge, it's going to happen over there first. Oh yeah, like it'd probably be the worst over here just by default. No, I, I generally, I generally avoid Black Friday. Like I do, I do. I go in like the war reporter, just like after the aftermath, just yeah. observe the de- the damage and like I I guess that's just naturally comes from how many hurricanes I've had to watch and how many reports on like storm damage I've had to watch over the years. I was gonna say that you know you, also you're all prepared for if it goes purge style because you can just like you know board up as though for a hurricane. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Because, uh, I mean, like, you know, when the flesh eaters show up and they're just like, it's Black Friday, which means we must gorge on your flesh. You can be all like, well, guess what? I hope you know how to knock houses over. Yeah. Like, I, guess, I think we've I think in the garage we still have the boards that say no Hatchimals here. Excellent. I also already saw banners downtown. OK, here's what's really screwed up for shops downtown here. There was a shop that had. Black Friday sale flyers put up down the block on all the little bulletin boards. And on that flyer, it was like, yeah, on Friday, come in for these deals. And then on Cyber Monday, go to our website for these deals. And I was like, because I mean, I know I know that I've talked about this before, probably even on here about the nature of Cyber Monday. But like, so A, the the infection of Black Friday to the rest of the planet, that's scary. But then B, the part where like Cyber Monday is like this like weird little pustule that just comes on the underside of it when you catch it. Like like there's not even any questions anymore. It's just like, no, and also Cyber Monday happens. And then also the times where Cyber Monday then is a physical thing in a store too. And you're like, none of these words mean anything anymore. Yeah. Also, it's Tuesday, and you're still running Cyber... Because I've seen that, too. We're like, no, it's Cyber Tuesday now. And I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> there there was somebody that was like, it's Black Friday week online. And I'm like... I, yeah, God! It's like, what What? What are those words? Like, Friday's a day, a week, seven days? I Because they, mm. they've, they've... Like, the reason why it exists is slowly getting erased... And now it's turning into like, you know, we could just run this as a sale all week, which then turns into we could make all the people running cashiers have to come in for three days rather than one. And then, you know, like some some dude uh, who's like just a blob in a chair in a suit, like, you know, stroking his mouth because he's finally formed a human face, whatever kind of creature it actually is that controls a Walmart uh, is like, we've finally I can get the profits up two percent. Anyway, if you're out there on Black Friday, A, please be safe and take care of yourself, but also B, uh, uh, be friendly. Actually, you know what? Because this might go up after Black Friday, but it's that season, right? Be nice to everyone who's working retail because, uh, you know, something might not work out. But you know what? They've they've probably they've probably dealt with worse 
and they probably like if you get mad at them you're you're a, you're a drop in the ocean and also don't get mad at them uh anyway that's our black friday psa which feels like a thing we got to do these days uh double weird for me because i'm i'm remote this year completely i'm just in canada uh well no you know what i'm just saying so i would i would say that except that it's all here too so you know we'll see what happens on friday I kind of want to go to a comic shop on Friday and just see if if it's really nuts there. But that's our little warm-up before we hit a listener question that came in from Spiderus Prime, uh, who says, Hello to the even men or the odd men. Spider is here with the next year uh, being with the 35th anniversary of the Transformers brand and War for Cybertron Siege being on the horizon. Uh there is uh, one thing missing, reissues, uh, not G1 toy reissues, but more like classics, Henke, Universe Generations reissues. I see what you did there. You snuck that thing in. I'm not going to say it, but yeah, I see what you did, Spot. You snuck it in, that, that little arrangement of first letters. <laughs> you can't trick me. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, we've been getting good versions of our favorite bots and cons in the latter years, but there are some like me who missed out the early years of the line and need figures like those Universe 2.0 sideswipes or Reveal the Shield Traxes. Uh, but my question is, what would you want to see in a Transformers Generations reissue line? Uh, thanks for answering the question. Go click. Uh, this thing is definitely like one of those more small scale we're all old moments where you're like, oh yeah, it is possible to have missed like most of Neo Classics as a whole. Because uh, it goes it goes back to 06, and that's over 10 years ago. But uh, I agree with the notion. Uh, the one caveat is... When we've had some of those pre-2013 toys come out after 2013, they've cost a lot more money because they they were, um, in a word, kind of bloated as far mm-hmm. as, like, engineering. And uh, in light of the rising cost of production, um, not just things have gotten, you know, thinner in, in panels and whatnot, but, but on, a, on a more positive note, things have also gotten a lot more slick and streamlined with how Transformers come together. So like your RTS tracks is like that that thing is is kind of like a just a hunk of parts. Uh, yeah, it's something where I I wish that um you could do the like potential test of take somebody that has not handled any trans like has no internet concepting and hand them like a siege optimus and the classics optimus and say mess with both of those which one do you like better what do you like better what you know oh that'd be fascinating and and just to have somebody go like oh well like this does this but i i really like how this one does this other thing and get like the the like ab reaction on that because i i frequently feel you know people will talk like, oh yeah, G1 Optimus Prime was the best because that's the one that was formative years. Yeah. When in reality, if you took that G1 Optimus Prime, he's got die cast and he's got all this stuff, and but like you have to plug his hands in. Oh, well, classics Optimus. And, and, no ma- no but, matter how good that toy is, he's got those forearms. Yeah. Those, are, those are his fists that you have to plug in. Right. But just so many various things that, you know... Like, you look past it because that was your Optimus, or that was your whatever. And I think it'd be neat if they did more... Uh, what was the... Um, 
was it Amazon that did one of those where it was the evolution? Oh yeah, yeah. Style thing having a couple of smaller things. The only rough thing is like the big ones that it'd be really cool to see. That'd be like a hundred dollar evolutions pack because that was a Voyager toy that now would probably be like a forty dollar, you know, almost leader price point toy. And then the evolution to the next one is much smaller. So then you just have the like, why is this one twice the size? That's not fun. Academically, though, I would love to go through the lineup like that, like of uh, I don't know, like Megatrons. That's doable now. You know, yeah. go from classics Megatron through to Siege Megatron and just like mess with all of them. I think because there's there's some interesting decisions made uh, throughout there. Um, what if we just get some children who and and say like, hey. We would like we would like to use your child for a experiment. There's, this um, rec- there's a recording out there of Aaron saying we would like to use your child. It's weird. I heard it's out there on the internet. I haven't found it yet. I was I was so so you gave me that one because I was about to say uh, who is children and does he have a username on TFW? I can look up. That was that was where maybe, I was going to go. That's where I was going to go. But oh. I, I'm glad <laughs> I, I took it the dark path for you. <laughs> thank thank you. Uh, TJ, what about you? Like, like talk, just thinking about the idea of like you know classics, Henke Universe Generations reissues. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Our toys aren't for kids. Well, who's kids? Is that another user? Like, am I missing new listeners on the? Uh, I I do tend to in a sense I tend to agree. I I don't feel like I don't feel like it's as necessary because I feel like a lot of that stuff got produced to such. Re- levels that a, a decent enough search on eBay would probably get you one about the price that it would cost to reissue the mold now. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was I was about to say that I know some of those toys have held a certain value, but you know, if they were to re-release like uh, you know a three pack of you know of some reveal the shield toys right now, actually no, they have. It was that Junkion thing with Rodimus, and that thing was a hundred bucks. Hmm. Okay, well, yeah, I guess case po- case point made. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> damn. Like, it's not it's not like we get G one reissues because those things always have a certain level of demand, and getting fresh ones is a really hard thing to do. Whereas, you know, okay, most of the stuff released since two thousand six, generally easy to find on eBay in you know collector owned condition. So it's you know it's like buying off Madarake. Like yeah. it's it's. Well, Basically and what and you yeah, get that's out of another box. thing with like G1 reissues. Very few people in 84 looked at any of those toys like, I should hold on to this in good condition because it might be worth something someday. No, no. It's, come, let's see how let's see how far Starscream can fly. Ooh. Right. And so then like come more modern times, people that were like that with their toys before are like, oh, now when I want to go back and buy my childhood, it's... In the hundreds of dollars. So now I'm going to look at some of these things and maybe I'll put one away so that when those people come around, I can have, I can make bank my time or something that then I don't think has ever really like a few choice items maybe have turned over and been profitable for somebody like that, but nothing more significant. Yeah, like, yeah, toy market's just too randomized. You can't speculate on that and get it right. It's totally random which toys mm-hmm. end up having demand and value. I wonder if um, the whole idea of the, that era getting reissued, like, because it's kind of halfway's happening 
and has happened. That seems more like a, a Takara Tomi side thing between the mall and between eHobby of, like, you know, eHobby has done Classics Prime in blue, for instance, recently. And Takara Tomi Mall, um, I believe, was the way that they reissued Metroplex. Um, like, that that, that was that, that voted reissue, if I recall correctly. So I feel like, like this whole idea is something that might... It might fit in better with the architecture of going through Takara Tomi Mall and being well, like, hey, well, who, who do you guys actually wish you could find easier? Well, uh, we, we have got we have occasionally gotten classics reissues like that. I mean, we got Prime again when uh, uh, Age of Extinction came out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they were doing yeah, they're doing those reissues to kind of tie in old toy, new toy. Oh, that, uh, that's an evolution's from, idea. Yeah. See, I also question because of how many times over the molds are used today compared to the originals, how many of those are surviving and intact. Because last I checked, the classics Optimus is not holding up very well. I haven't checked in a very long time. <laughs> uh, from what from what I rem- from what I remember, there was some reports of mold degradation on. I think that was the, uh, the orange... last time that was released. Wasn't that on the orange Botcon one? So I feel like I heard nothing necessarily negative out of the eHobby blue one, but I can't remember. I just remember the orange one really felt it, but then it was hard to tell if that was due to, you know, a BotCon production run being yeah. like something that's done kind of quick. Yeah. I mean, sometimes sometimes it doesn't even take that many times. I mean, I can remember when... Uh, I can remember when they did the, the special edition drag strip out of the classics mirage mold that's oh yeah yeah that's very that's technically old. technically only the third time that mold got used but even then like you turn to vehicle mode and some parts didn't hold together and the vehicle is like twisted yeah i mean there's, there's there's like whole sciences about like uh the the way that the steel molds are stored as well um yeah. but i like just to kind of cap this one off i think i think if this was to happen like suddenly recently because it feels vaguely relevant, actually, with Siege coming out and having its its line wide gimmick. Uh, I think that if they were to reissue a whole bunch of the, it was mostly reveal the Shield era toys that had the three millimeter clip on system. Uh, remember the C clips mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, for that that hot that hot year year and a half or whatever. Uh, that would be kind of cool to see reissued with maybe new C clip items uh, or like you know. C cl- new C clip items or old C clip items with siege compatible pegs added to them, because uh, because that that whole clip system was very siege esque in that you know everyone had weapons that you could clip onto each other, um, so it'd be kind of cool to see like something like that. Uh, I mostly my my whole backdrop to this is I just want more ways to see the Straxus uh, Dark Mount mold get reissued because I like that toy, so that's kind of my massive ulterior motive. Uh, anyway. That's that's one where also I'd like to know from the listeners, especially as we have hopefully more and more multi generational listeners. Like when it comes to uh, you know classics stuff from '06 onwards, like is is there anything that is actually really hard to find now that was just a retail figure? Um, you know, did did any did anything actually like spike out of nowhere on the aftermarket? Because I know that happens, and I'm real bad at keeping up with it unless I'm looking for the figure. <laughs> so uh, I'd, I'd like to know if that is the case. Um. And thank you for the question, Spiderus Prime. Um, I've got another topic here. I put this in mostly because we talked about it two weeks ago, whenever we were last recording. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the full reveal on G-Shock 
uh, cross Transformers. It is a new character called Master Optimus Prime. Uh, they did a whole storyline for him with images and a, nar- a narrator and exciting special effects. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the video or not, but there, there was a bunch of stuff in the video. So Master Optimus Prime has the the Chrono Matrix, and apparently uh, he fights some guy who was called like Geist, Geist Strom or something like that. It was a very odd use of katakana. They used a sh instead of a s, so it's not just like Geist. It's like Geist. Um, or Geistorm or something like that. Anyway, Geistorm looked, it, it all looked very alternative. And then uh, apparently, uh, Master Optimus Prime, who protects like time and space, um, was, was getting attacked with like a paradox. And then he combined with a G Shock watch to turn into resonant mode, which protects him against paradoxes. And then he used that to, to defeat the evil Decepticon who was messing with space and time. Um, so there, there is a whole canon to this character now. Uh, he, and, and also we have a price on this. Uh, it is, uh, 29,000 yen, which is, you know, just over 250 American dollars. Um, also, oh, okay. The, the listing (laughs) mentions something about watches being sold separately, but then the very top bullet point is a different watch that comes with it. Okay. Thank goodness. So for a second there, I was like, so the toy is that, and also the watch is separate. But it's not the case. The watch comes with him. Yeah, it said it fits other watches. Which immediately made me say, damn, can you guys eventually sell him without the watch? On the pretense of being for people who have those ones, but also for me so I can get this toy that looks kind of cool. You just, like, rig it into a watch stand for your, what, like, like enemy? That would no, be cool. For for the chrono matrix that he comes with. You know, I don't need a watch. He comes okay. with something already. Uh, anyway, th- 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 there's canon to him. He he turns into a pedestal that holds the Chrono Matrix. The Chrono Matrix is now a thing. Uh, so this is just also good looks at the figure, and uh, it is you know a completely new figure who is fully articulated, who fully transforms into a, a platform thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm I'm impressed with the level they went to on this. It is like between that the storyline was kind of what capped it for me actually. That this is like the most work I think they've ever put into one of these like cross brand deals. Mm-hmm. Uh and it, it's very impressive. Uh I I'm not going to pursue this thing uh when it comes out cuz that's well out of my price range for a watch that I'm probably not going to wear. But I think it's fascinating and I do want the figure somehow someday. Uh, Aaron, what about you? Like, like, were you expecting that much, uh, to I, go along with this thing? I actually wasn't. I, I, I watched that video a couple times and got a, uh, a, a pretty decent chuckle out of it. Just the extreme lengths to sell a, a watch. I mean, watch collectors are a thing. Yeah. I've seen them. I'm not one of them, but I've seen them. I've I've even conversed with one. They they speak English sometimes. They they're like mm-hmm. humans. Uh, TJ, what about you? Were you thinking that this was going to go this far? Because usually it's just like about a paragraph about the Optimus and Megatron turned into shoes, and then that's it. Oh, TJ, did you discon? Because I heard a blinky blink noise. I I disconnected for like two solid minutes. Okay. I heard it like an instant blink blink. Yeah, that was weird. yeah. Dis- Discord was like, he's gone. He's back. 
Yeah. Holy crap. Anyway. Uh, no, and now, like, even now it's telling me my connection's terrible. Damn. I don't know why. Everything else seems to be running fine. Yeah, and we're not having any chat lag when, we, when you're on here. Alright, let's roll with it for now. Uh, TJ, watches. Lots of fiction to go with watches. I didn't know there was a video attached to this. Like, it's very like, small. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know that this much went into it. I also, like... <laughs> this is a lot of attention for a watch holder. Also, it's out on December 8th. It's out very okay. soon. Okay. That's sudden. Yeah, like, this whole thing just, just barreled out there all of a sudden. Like, like, you know, the amount of work put into this. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm assuming G-Shock is a big name amongst watch collectors. Uh... At 250 bucks for the watch? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, let's be fair. Uh, the figure's probably 50 bucks. So let's say it's a two. Let's be f- okay. <laughs> let's be fair and say it's a $200 watch. Uh, I heard myself saying that and started laughing. Uh, bear in mind, I don't get watches. Like, I, I'm, I'm a watch newbie. So this might be regular G-Shock limited edition prices. I don't know. Here, I'll actually just do this. I'm going to also take Shock. a look at the thread that's at the bottom of this to see if anyone's not just saying it's so expensive. So, like, there's Walmart versions of G-Shock watches that are 50 to $100? Huh. Well, that's... Like, like it looks like it's a matter of what do you want the watch to do. I think it's so... the limited edition part, too. I'm checking... this. There's actually a, a, a number of people who are saying, oh, can't wait to see this thing come out. Uh... Well, not, so looking for a watch that. that's something similar, GD100, ooh, I wonder if Casio it has... G-Shock. Yeah. Now we're actually hunting things down. Yeah. See, uh, well, Amazon's got them uh, 40 to $70 range. It looks like high-end ones go up to 100 Ah, there we go. Oh, high-end high end ones okay, go... Okay, so, so that mind. actual... High-end ones go really high. Well, dropping the the model number in... That it then didn't copy it, copied something else. So let's do this again. Uh, into an Amazon or into a Google search gave a diff- a different range. Um, but yeah, the G Shock GW sixty nine hundred uh, option is like a seventy dollar watch, but All that's right. just in black or black and gold. Yeah, like the collector colors, I think are a big part of it. Um, also, I'm, I'm so in the thread. I caught two things, or uh, three things. Number one, I was misunderstanding. How, I think it was a lot of people saying, "Oh, when does this thing come out?" and and then kind of half jokes about going for it, less so than full on enthusiasm. Uh, number two, apparently quartz watches are very good for accuracy and low maintenance, which I you know I didn't <laughs> know that. Oh yeah. Um, I just assumed like watches are watches, and some of the ones with moving parts have more maintenance. But apparently, like the nature of a G-Shock watch is like, hey, if you're getting a watch, it'll last you. Um, and then the, the third thing is there's a post here from DJ of Sin, uh, which is the most educated post I've seen on this entire like you know what they show you for a preview for a thread. So let's read it. Quote: mm-hmm. Love the watch, but the stand isn't great. To be honest, I really wish they did a Megatron version. As far as the comment about G-Shock in the UK and USA, yes, they're popular in the USA as well. People collect them. I think they've gotten a little less popular in the last couple of years, but they are still sought after by some. So that sounds like someone who knows what watch collecting is. So I'm just going to take that at face value. That G-Shock is uh, very popular. Uh, maybe slightly less popular in the states now, but 
that it is a collectible watch venue. Um, so there you go. We we put it together. We used triple brain deductive reasoning to kind of assume that the watch is expensive by itself. I'm patting us on the back. I don't know about you guys. Uh, the best part about the the animation for this it's it's not like full on animation. It's like a lot of images moving over each other. Is not only does a G-Shock branded watch find and rescue uh, Master Optimus Prime, but after he defeats uh, Geiststorm or whatever, uh, it, it dislodges from his chest, shrinks back down to, to normal size, and then rests calmly in his palm, and he looks at it in wonder and, and awe, and it has G-Shock written all over it. So apparently G-Shock as a company maybe have more vested interest in the fabric of time and space than we were aware. Uh, well, as a brand, as a Casio, as a company. Um, anyway, someday one of us might end up picking this thing up because who knows what it, what the aftermarket will be like years from now. And you know, you might might happen across one on Mandarake for like a hundred bucks. I'm shrugging a lot while I'm saying it because I'm mm-hmm. just like, hey, it might happen. You know, uh, if anyone out there listening. A is interested in this and or B knows anything about collectible watches, please reply in the thread. Yeah. Uh, please correct us any place where we're horribly wrong because this is so outside of our wheelhouse. And and, and I want to throw out there, we, we are trying to deduce this as layman, so please don't get mad. Please just try to laugh, you know, even at us if you have to. <laughs> uh, I, especially if I want to know if we got something horrifically wrong because uh, I'm interested in that kind of thing. <laughs> But, Thanks uh, you pronounce G-Shot. It literally says G-Shock. You can't get me with that. <laughs> yeah, but you had to go back and look. Uh, yes, I did. But I, <laughs> I remember I heard the guy in the video say G-Shock as well. Uh, so I, they, can't, they can't pull something like that on me. Uh, anyway, I wanted to catch up on that thing uh, before we move on to another listener question. Aaron, you want to take this listener question from Switchblade? <laughs> Yeah, so Switchblade, October 23rd, 2018, said... So I was thinking about a couple things lately and wanted to see what y'all think about it. I really like the Siege packaging. The more compact boxes remind me a lot of Marvel Legends and Black Series Star Wars. I was also randomly thinking about the old Alternators line, which feels to me like the one time we had a non-masterpiece collector-centric line that wasn't engineered to still be kid-friendly. The combination of those concepts led me to an idea, specifically relating to the fact that all those lines have a uniform price point and scale. What would you guys think if the Generations line consisted of toys that had a more consistent level of advanced engineering and paint across all figures, like the Studio Series at its best, but came at the cost of only having one size class, let's say Voyager? So, uh, I, I almost, there's a side, there's a tangent I want to hit, but I'm going to try to remember to do it at the end. Uh, when I read this question, I was kind of like, people would be super mad. But also, I'd kind of be into trying it. Like, I think alternators hit at the right time, at least for our group or demo, because it was like Transformers was coming back as cars. And it was this silly kind of Japanese import thing, but it was really neat. And then there was this other line that was definitely kid-focused, and then there were these like one twenty-fourth scale cars that were also transformers. And I think it was like I think that was the gap to it, because like Armada and then later Energon and Cybertron had the barest of winks back to 
older fans. Whereas I think that later lines have been better about weaving both of the to kids and to adults together. Also, the alternators uh, is a very fascinating beast in that it was one of the biggest original first time they really reached across the uh, or over the heads of the kids at all the adults. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, it entirely happened before the live action movies. Yes. Uh, which which I always forget. And whenever I remember that, it's just like I just kind of sit there staring. And then I remember like there was a whole uh, um, oh, what's the word? It's not closet industry. That word for a tiny micro industry. Um of custom alternators styled figures because there became this point where it became like, I guess alternators are also masterpiece. Therefore we got to make every character out of alternators as customizers Mm -hmm. because that was the palette presented. And that was like people kind of finding their voice creatively and, uh, and us as fans figuring out that there was actually not as much of a ceiling on the imagery of our characters in physical form. It's just, you look at a lot of customs from that era and then you go into what customs look like and what third party toys look like now. And it's kind of like there's it's it's hard to remember what things were like uh, right yeah. before the live action movies. And that that's a big part of it. Um, Aaron, you, you didn't say it, though. What what if they did generations that just want like just just Voyagers? Um, like, so. It would have to be something similarly themed. And and then I would like my concern would be at being at one price point is you would be locked into like so there there is a time and place where constraints can breed creativity but i think where alternator started hitting its edge was like optimus prime was pretty much the same size as rumble or, well, it's it's more Rumble ravage. was very large, right? But it's it. What I'm saying is, it's something like if you don't have the variation in size classes, I think that then that would lock you into a certain set that would like. I'm sure that they could put out great things for two or three waves, but like I've got a couple of siege toys here, and. I'm excited by them as they are. And I I don't think that locking everything into to one price point would necessarily be a fix. So I, I think it's less about everyone's a Voyager. This is how I took it. It's less everyone's a Voyager and more every entry has a Voyager budget. Right. So no, I, you, I'm, you still I'm, have... I'm not saying that, but I'm saying then that like, okay, if you want to do like... You know, every entry has a Voyager budget. What happens when you're like, okay, so Bumblebee's just a really big Voyager, or does he have no, no, a thousand, this a thousand where, this tiny is where parts? I was going. This is where I was and, going, and B- can Bumblebee be more doesn't... masterpiece-y, But then, how is that going to align then when if you've got a Bumblebee and an Optimus Prime in the same box, one of them against the other, visually is going to look like crap. So I well I don't agree with that because we've had we've had multi packs with cross size classes and it's all in how they present it right because because after my comma is the Voyager ceiling just means you have stuff like eat like super quick example instead of selling one reflector they sell three for instance uh, 
or with with Bumblebee, they sell maybe not Bumblebee and Optimus because Optimus would probably fill out one of those boxes. But you'd have your Bumblebee and then either uh, friend or foe. Um, with the idea that instead of a two pack being two deluxes who were designed to be deluxes, it's two figures that operate under that price point. Like I think it would be interesting to look at. Um, okay, I could see I could see that. Yeah, spin on it as well. Because it's it's thinking about and using kind of a smaller scale version of the science that made Devastator and Predaking, where mm-hmm. they're you know in a very weirdly subtle level. Instead of being five Voyagers, it is five Voyager-alike figures, but they're all the same project. Uh, therefore, like some of them can give and take from the other ones a little bit more readily. That's the impression I always got from them, anyway. Um, DJ, what about you though? Like, like, uh, if if say Studio Series was just its Voyagers, that that example really rubs me in a certain way because also the best Studio Series is its Voyagers. So the question's like asking me, what if it was only the best stuff? And I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah. What if it was only <laughs> the best stuff? I don't, I'm I'm I I kind of I kind of agree with the with the Bumblebee idea where even. Even multi-packing does not get you out of the idea that well, at some point the size is just going to be too strange. Like, if you're doing, like, if you think of it as, like, the way you do, like, Marvel Legends or, you know, uh, Black Series Star Wars, and you hit all your major characters, then for a while, yeah, you could get away with that. At Okay, so it's a really good, it's a really good Megatron, it's a really good Optimus, and there's there's an appeal to that for me. Like, I will agree, like, I do like, I kind of like the concept of it's just really good figures at a good size, and that's all it is. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to hit things like, that's a suspiciously small jet fire. That's that's, that's because he comes with a big, cool set of armor that turns into... No, 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 he doesn't come with a big, cool set of armor because he's as short as Optimus. Yeah. Because we have to fit him in the same box and it doesn't have to look like a ripoff. Well, it's it's because uh, all his armor is spread out, right? Because he's little Jetfire, but then you put all the armor on him and he becomes Skyfire, defender of the SDF galaxy because they can just go that far. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't understand me. You don't understand me. He's he, he not does. Huge. He's just being a twist. He's not. He's not huge. He doesn't come with a billion pieces of armor. He's just the same size as Optimus because it's the same size class for every character. So I guess the well the way the way I'm thinking is that it's not like this. It's it's the same price point, but not necessarily the same size class. So it's like they're they're kind of doing this with Siege's leader class. Um, if if you look at it, uh. Is it's it's oh, yeah. those characters are roughly the same size, you know, maybe slight head taller, but they're just coming with more stuff. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Shockwave's a Voyager. Yeah, so the, mm-hmm. even Ultra Magnus basically is a Voyager with an add-on kit, and so you, you with Optimus, for instance, um, the bait. Like I would imagine this wouldn't literally be just its Voyager price point. It would be like every figure is fifty bucks. So the Voyagers come with tons more stuff. Uh, the more leaderish ones are more just leaderish toys. Uh, the deluxes. Uh, either come with partner pieces or they come with like a swathe of accessories if it suits the character. Um, if it's you know clones, you just get them all. Um, I think the, the, I don't know. There's there's something weird. There, there's something weird about the concept though. Where if okay, so we, so like your average size transformer is just sitting there in the middle of the box and it comes with a ton of stuff to make up the price. 
a larger figure doesn't come with nearly as much. It's just big. And then smaller characters come multi-packs, so you get two or maybe even three. Well, I'm presenting it maybe a little too binary, but like, because that, that's one way to, it could work. But also, like, the larger figure might do a lot more, for instance. Yeah. Uh, a lot of well, it will be also how they package them uh, to, to you know, make you think or make the average consumer think they're getting their money's worth. But, like, a lot of it and, is, is. And like, that's what I'm saying is I, th- I think you would bump into a lot of issues on the toy shelf. I mean, if because they're all uniform box size and you get smart people doing well, the, the trail layouts. Yeah, but, but it's it's not going to be, though, because you're going to have the the big thing that fills the box sitting next to the three smaller ones. And we know from from how toy stuff goes, three smaller ones, you know, if you have the, the three reflector parts that do reflector stuff, that's not going to be nearly as thrilling. You, you'd run into conceived value differences that i think would be very difficult to get yeah. past. i'm just I, not I, clicking I, with this because in my mind it's it's one box that's full of a big dude or it's a box that's full of three little dudes who are posed to still fill out yeah. the box and you're like like the the mental math is oh i'm either getting that big one or i'm getting those three cool ones that logic's out yeah it's, but it's, there's it's, a percep- there's a perception that those smaller ones are gonna be crap because they put a whole bunch in the box and charge a lot for it I can remember when they did the first universe line and the Voyager line consisted mo- a lot of multi-packs of mm-hmm. just throw this basic in with this mega class and we'll charge 20 bucks for the whole thing, et cetera, et cetera. That's the stuff that shelf warmed the most. I like don't the know. big I... figures, like the razor claws, that's the kind of stuff that moved. It's just none of, like the notion is just not really making sense to me. Cause to, to me, what makes sense is, one box either has like you know it has a certain amount of robot in it and then that robot is either you know one large two medium three small in a very very like broad brush the the thing is i i think you're also coming at it from a internet personality evangelist i'm looking at this critiquing it for all of its things versus i don't think that a only collector's toy line could live very well in retail. Well, I mean, that's that's a almost different conversation, though, like, right? Because technically, so, we have only collector toy line. Like, like, like this is what Studio Series is in a certain I've, sense. I've seen kids picking Studio Series up. Yeah, so that that's like like that answers that question because. What this is describing is is basically what Studio Series is doing, but with uh, three price points. Uh, you look at a lot of the deluxe and Studio Series, and a lot of initial conversation is always about the size, uh, whereas what they're doing is this thing that we're describing. So I just I just don't I don't know I'm 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 t- tilting my head a lot. Uh, <laughs> So I don't know. It might be the lack of eye contact, but uh, I would like to see the experiment done because I I think it would be interesting. Um, And it would also mean there is exactly one box size. And that takes me to the thing I wanted to do at the beginning, which is to say, because this question Switchblade says uh, the siege packaging, I like it. It reminds me of Marvel Legends of Black Series Star Wars. Part of the reason they moved to box packaging uh, is to make you think you're getting something nicer um, at a glance. 
because mm-hmm. box packaging also came hand in hand with a lot of price points um, moving up for, you know, one reason or another. Um, Siege, for instance, has a price point that is uh, more steadily bumping up, at least in Canada, from what I've been hearing, um, to kind of settle at what we thought was the premier series uh, premium price. Um, also, it's been pointed out a lot of Siege toys are smaller, again, than a lot of uh, their contemporaries. And the boxes very much serve a purpose of adding a sense of prestige, which then rolling back to this original idea, you put everything in a nice looking box and people are just going to go like, I'm getting a sweet premium gift set. Uh, it, it's all that the, the packaging mentality stuff. Um, like it, the difference between, a, a you know, your average line and something that's all fancily packaged is that it can it can do a lot more to be deceptive. Doesn't always work. But uh, when you when you get into the Joe Public psychology side, like you can you can pull some stuff with uh, a nice looking box. Um. Anyway, I think it's an interesting question. Uh, it's it's also it's a neat way. It's a it's a nice kind of like sideways isn't the right word, but it's a nice way to like think about future lions without necessarily constraining yourself to the notion of price points. Um, because you know like price points are in some way. Uh, a a product of North American big box retailers. Mm -hmm. And you got to wonder if that, you know, means they also are not necessarily uh, concrete uh, in, you know, in the decades long run. Uh, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see like if, especially if transformers or or just toys in general end up moving into being more boutique items. Like, are they going to get to, to play around with stuff more than needing to occupy like, certain amounts of shelf space uh and there there's no segue for it so that's so a thank you for the listener questions which played and b aaron we got tcg news that i felt was worth covering on the podcast yeah uh sorry tj it, um, it was important it's, enough it's okay. that i posted it as a thread in our forum yeah now that we have a tcg forum that F- we're apparently the mods of by F- the way I, yeah I, I had a feeling i was gonna get made the mod of that or a mod of that and, uh, well, so as I was asking uh, Tony about, like, hey, we should do this thing, he's like, oh, okay, who else would be a mod? And I'm like, I, I know Chris also plays. Okay, I'll make him a mod, too. All right. Because, you know, cool. welcome, welcome to me as a moderator uh, with my whole style of I hate moderating, and I wish yeah. people would not argue. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, the I, TCG being in a sub forum, I think the TCG is, like, one of those things, at least for, uh, at least for a year... It's, it's going to be a nice little thing before more people get, you know, their nose into the forum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or have you already been doing stuff I didn't know about? There's been a little bit of stuff. Okay. There's There was somebody very cranky about, like, I don't understand why it, you call it a trading card game. Oh. Like, why can't you just buy a box that's just all the cards? So if I had a caveat like, that I didn't well, get to saying, my caveat like, would have been those carryover news threads. Yeah, uh, would would be the source of some contention. But once those things, a lot of that forum is going to be like like in about a month or two. Once people start making more topics and those news threads run off the forum uh, front page, mm-hmm. that's when I want to see what it looks like. But yeah, it, it was very it was very much there was somebody that was very upset that like he would just go out and like buy a box of baseball cards and it was all the cards. It's it and it was like. He doesn't understand why you do it the other way. It's like, well, maybe because that's like not 
thrilling. Well, it's, There's it's, no it's Watsy's bread and butter, and, yeah. and also, unfortunately, because I liked the idea, the LCG, the the living card game, where the idea is that expansions are just all the cards, for one reason or another, has been on apparently the decline. <laughs> uh which which sucked to hear because i like that idea a lot and i wonder if part of the decline is whenever you bring up fantasy flight games to a retailer they seem to start like grinding their teeth and they really want to tell you some stuff they're mad about yeah well Uh. yeah like ffg just goes like yeah this seems like a neat thing all right time to kill it yeah also ffg at least up until recently like the idea of an ffg would sell expansions Mm. that are all one thing but the Mm. core set the thing you're supposed to start with would be this weird limited casual experience and then to make it work with the expansions it would often be like oh yeah just buy the core set two to three times and then you'll be set and ready to go and it's like that's a weird that that is a weird decision what was it i there was one of the like star wars the miniature game on that had like a whole like rules revamp and hey here's this 40 dollar box that you can buy that converts one set or one faction to the new rules and yeah. oh yeah all of our tournaments and everything that we've run before and started getting fine you can only play it in the new rules so deal like they make good games it just seems like like they are also uh a company that you have to like grab by the lapel and just shake really hard now and then and just go like stop <laughs> uh thankfully we have not hit that with transformers tcg yet i think partly also because transformers tcg gets to we talked about this before it gets to occupy this lovely space of technically being for kids but then getting to be uh adult um intricate uh, mm-hmm. with the mechanics but uh and hey tj this might this might interest you uh they're introducing a limited format so you don't have to buy a lot of cards to play uh like i mean league is is more of a kind of buy a bunch of cards thing but the big one I want to try, they're introducing two-pack sealed turbo mode, which is you and a friend both have two packs, two booster packs. You open them and use everything in them to play uh, with some rules to even th- or to attempt to even things out because obviously you're opening two random packs. Um, so the difference in star value between your characters, whoever has more stars, their characters take that much damage. That seems like a very rough, uh, actually balancing thing to me like when i saw that i kind of was like that seems like that could actually be harder on the person who has bigger characters yeah as a handicap that seems maybe a bit much but i haven't tried it so i'd like well to give it a shot. so like worst case scenario you pull two 13s yeah because your unique rule goes away and so there are a couple of 13s to your opponents two fives yeah so that's th- uh, 16 damage you have to 16 duel. damage yeah that's seriously going to put them in a hurt however what are the 13s they're like nemesis prime uh you know it's rare optimus and rare megatron or rare optimus and rare megatron so both of those can do serious business on an attack that could one hit whatever you're attacking so i would think that that kind of then is balanced by now, the Megatron or Optimus could be one hit. Yeah, back the other way. I I think I think it's something that has like I I would need to see like computer simulation on since it's I think entirely now in tabletop board game simulator or whatever. Like somebody that just I ran ten thousand instances of this. 
how does it play because to me the, the and i didn't think of this this is something other people brought up that made me go huh you're not wrong uh is less so the 13s and the fives and more the uh sevens to nines because mm-hmm. some of the 7s to 9s that's where some of the vanillas exist and that's where some of the you know the decent vanillas exist that's also where some of the less decent ones and also that's where you know drift or sorry deadlock exists mm-hmm. and it's kind of like some of those 7 to 9s uh if you're starting to have to like deal damage uh to them because you're facing a bunch of fives that might end up making the fives just have i mean also this is sealed so at the end of the day you have to just take that it's it's a limited yeah, format yeah there, there's there's a significant amount of random in it's in a, a straight two pack sealed it's a format sw- swingy format and you got to kind of be into that and i am kind of into that but uh the 7 to 9 star characters are the ones where i'm curious how this plays out um i really want to try it though i've already actually bought some boosters so that i can try to make someone try this uh me too i i, w- I will be doing it at my next uh 12 hour game a game a session yeah game a session uh but also for folks like for instance tj for folks who are on the fence about the game not even about the game but just about like spending any money on it um this is a way to just pick up a pair of packs and you, you find someone else you say hey you buy two packs i'll buy two packs and we'll just try playing this and then hey that's all you have to do See, see, there, therein lies the issue because nobody in my circle is interested in a TCG, and there's no place around here to play. That's like where you. So I, you I buy literally. F- do you not have any SLGs around you? No. So you, what you do is you go to Target, you buy four boosters, and then you grab a friend of yours and you say, "Listen, being my friend, you owe me this. We're yeah, gonna, we're gonna play. <laughs> we're gonna play two pack sealed." <laughs> And then you lock the door while you're saying all this, and then you say again, remember, you owe me this. Uh, this sounds vaguely like kidnapping. It's not because uh, it's games. It's not kidnapping. It's more like friend ransom. Yeah. Friend ransom is completely fine, and also, I believe, legal in several states. So, you know, look it up. Um, and then uh, I'll mention, they have league rules as well. League is basically open five packs and build a 25-card deck. Uh, use any five characters uh, with the the 25 star limit, but duplicates allowed. The other thing about these is they they allow for duplicates, and I was just thinking about a format for duplicates in the shower the other day, because I, I was thinking about, you know, how they had Elder Dragon Highlander, and it turned into Commander, mm-hmm. and it was born out of everyone wanted to play the Elder Dragons. I was like, okay, so everyone's got stacks and stacks of, like, Sergeant Cup, and no one knows what to do with them. Uh, so what if we uh, just make it make a format called Cupmander? Everyone gets three cups as their team. Uh, and then we figure out deck limitations afterwards. Why are you a horrible person? The basis is, though, everyone has to run a team of three cups. Why are you a horrible person? It's Cupmander. Why are you (laughs) a horrible person? I'd like to try some Cupmander sometime. I have such a smile on my face. Uh... But uh, the, the the last thing here, which Aaron, you and you and me were, were also, I think, pretty interested in, is booster draft. Because drafting yes. is a very fun and active form of limited play that is almost a separate game in and of itself. I've mm-hmm. come to learn uh, there's a lot of strategy to, to drafting. Um, in Transformers, it'll be interesting because there's no colors or houses or anything. Like Transformers, every card can be in any deck and and matter. Uh, pretty pretty close. I mean, I mean, yeah. Short of the like the kind of tribal cards, but yeah. But even yeah. then, the tribal cards have pips. For the, like, I think that all yeah. the tribal well, cards it's, have pips. It's not like it's not like the card would be useless in another deck. It would just have significantly less. It would be like drafting off color or even, off off color. Even then, like I've been pull, I've been drafting 
red white and then i draft one black card and then don't put any like put two swamps in the deck and i might be able to play it maybe i think that that splashing two swamps for one black card you pulled is a way bigger detriment to a deck than like including you know a, yeah, well, a dinobot I, it, tribal it, for a th- there's no one to one on magic because they're different games i know but what you, i'm saying you you, is... un- you understand what i'm saying you're being contrary and no no i butt. understand what you're saying but but i i really feel that like the the lack of like you know magic color in transformers mm-hmm. makes a draft a little bit more um interesting and a little bit more friendly like you can't get locked out of something oh yeah for sure if if the person to your left is drafting the same thing you are you're not going to be completely out of it half of the time and also if you end up with the last card in the pack being like you know dino chomp and you don't have any dino bots i still think that's a a cat like just a categorically better situation than you are building white and red and then you end up with one card that is just like a black removal card because mm. uh, like the, it's just that's a much bigger decision to make whereas splashing dino chomp would be like hey i'm building towards whatever this color pip is uh i'll throw this in for now um yeah like it's it, there's more there i think i I kind of feel like maybe one more pack how many packs is draft four okay four so like you start with five packs and then you get the like pick four for because that doesn't even have um oh because i don't think it's still oh 25 it does still have the 25 star limit yeah but if they end up with one more than one character that's the same you can play it like as a dupes are allowed right like maybe maybe a fifth pack because then that puts your deck total up to seven by five thirty five which is close to a a 40 deck i don't know I guess if it was just, five just, booster, just, just so that you could take some of the variance out of it. I think I think because I I'm I, I I'm more inclined towards five booster, but when I look at it, I feel like maybe the maybe the advantage of four booster plays into the lower number of available battle cards. Yeah, I it's definitely something where like I I would have to sit here and think about it. I know that I've got more yeah. than enough cards especially with the 81 battle card pool to build a cube like solution where you could. So for people that aren't magic players or don't follow that cube is a finger quotes format around the microphone here, where basically what you do is you take a selection of cards and you set it up so that that will be what you draft. And Mm. depending on how, how tight you get with it, you would have the same like rarity breakdown in your cube as you would have in your packs or even one rare two uncommons and four common cards boom there's a battle card pack and you do that so that you have the same rarity spread across it and then that way you can have a bunch of sleeve cards and then you can play again air quotes draft without having to go out and buy uh, two or three boxes of cards and like having a, a group of people to be like okay let's try it with four packs let's try it with three packs let's try it with five packs and then we'd probably come to wow turns out wizards probably tested the heck out of this and found that four is a good sweet spot yeah that's actually the feel the more i'm looking at this that's the feeling i'm getting because my one of my trepidations about four is you end up with 28 cards so you're basically just figuring out what three cards to edit out 
But then the nature of draft where you're picking one at a time as you're passing packs around, I'm like, that means that your decisions, like, you aren't just picking a card pool, you are more so picking a deck. Uh-huh. And I, oh, I kind of like that, too. So I, <laughs> I really want to try this sometime. Once it's out in Canada, I'm hoping, I hope I can, I can get some shop to be amenable to, to running one of these. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I said, like, I would like to... I think what I need to do is just pick one of the FLGSs in town and like say, "Hey, look, I, I'm I'm going to try and do a little bit of quasi organized play out of this. Like, get friends to come by that have had some interest, but just like it doesn't work out for our gameathon sessions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and be like, look, I I I it would it be cool for me to sit here and play this for two or three hours and and to futz around with this where you've got a bunch of other people playing magic and hey if somebody wants to come over and check it out i'm more than happy to like show it off and and demo it more um i'm just looking for the 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 one friendly store i think would be cool for that because hey whatever they have a ton of tables in the back the local store the more local store that has been less friendly i don't know how they would be because they very much always want to like if you're coming in and parking at a table you need to be paying table time or buying a soda or being taking part in one of their booster draft things that they're running every day multiple tournaments and it's like what can can somebody just come and play and because like I maybe I, buy stuff later. I get I get those restrictions uh, from the store side. However, now that I've found shops, like I found a shop that is actually just like yeah, as long as as long as you make way for our tournaments, you can just sit down and play. Like we don't, yeah. we, we just want people here. I was like, you get rid of that that even sometimes just two dollar cover charge, and it feels like you can get so many more people interested to just come and check a new thing out. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I, I, what you're talking about, I wanted to give this quick shout out, and I'd recommend check out the videos if you get the time. Uh, there's a YouTube channel called Wreck and Rule who have been doing a lot of Transformers TCG relevant stuff, mm-hmm. and they've also got two videos up called Community Building, uh, like 101 and 201, because one of the folks who runs the channel basically built a community for the X-Wing game in his local area and is now doing the same for Transformers, and there is some really solid, like, it's very straightforward, logical stuff, but, like, sometimes you gotta hear someone say it. Mm-hmm. And there's some very solid stuff in those two videos that, like, I think I think you'd get a lot out of it. But also, if if anyone out there wants to try to grow this particular game, um, there, there's some good ideas in there for like playing nice with your local shops, for how to get people interested, how to uh, specifically not scare people off. That was a big one that resonated with me as a newbie Magic player, because um, like I. I want to try modern format, but you know what's really hard is to actually just go to try playing modern format because that's the one that is full of everyone knows every deck archetype and half the archetypes like just run themselves and you're kind of it comes off like you're expected to know how they're all going to run. Yeah, because uh, like you know, I heard a, a pretty cool quote today that made sense from what I've seen is like modern magic is very much decided by the sideboard as opposed to you know the actual game. Yeah. Uh, and, and like that whole thing, I'm just like, I don't want to show up there and, you know, basically waste someone's time. <laughs> but uh, I, I thought I thought those two videos were pretty solid. So if you want to look them up, it's the channel's Wreck and Rule. 
Uh, they have a lot of gameplay videos. They've been posting in the TCG forum, I believe, as well. Because uh, I replied to a thread that had one of their gameplay videos. And, uh, yeah, the community building stuff, is, is that's some solid stuff to look at if you want to try to solidify a Transformers TCG in your area. Um, it's good ideas. But, uh, yeah, these limited formats, I think, are, are uh, even if organized play is not on, on the table, and I'm fine if it's not, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, limited, I think, is a, is a way to make the game stay alive for people who maybe are, are finding Constructed is getting a bit rote. And it's also a yeah. really nice way to let people into the game without telling them to go buy enough cards to, you know, build decks. Yeah. Go buy four boxes of cards so you can get multiple play sets of everything so you can... Yeah, like so you can deck build to your heart's content, and, yeah, uh, and play test out you know multiple decks at the same time. Like like with Transformers, you buy a starter deck and you buy I would even say like half a booster box, and you've probably got enough to like make something that is stronger than the starter deck, you know for sure. But uh, limited is a way to literally just buy like a handful of boosters and and just try the game out at least. And I would say like like not necessarily literally the league rules, but um with it not having organized play if you find a good play group i think it would be amenable to like you know run a run a draft or run two booster uh turbo and then at least for you you just keep using those two boosters if someone else has more boosters they can you know yeah. open theirs up as well but that way you bought two boosters you have a playable little deck that other people can play balanced against um at a very low entry cost and i don't know it's just it's ways to like welcome in people without telling them to go buy everything uh you know x y and z um anyway you know that's that that's that's most of what to say about this right now since I, like neither of us have really tried it uh, uh there was one other um sealed format that Rekgar on the forum shared which i believe was six booster that apparently was quite fun so uh that's that's also on the tcg sub forum uh, if you want to check okay. that out um tj uh all i'm saying is i think we said it before but friend ransom is not illegal so you know please consider ransoming some of your I, friends I, I that sounded know. better in my head when i was not saying it out loud especially if you'd yeah. be like hey how many times have i asked you to move in the last five years no i haven't asked you to help me move anytime okay hey here's a whole here's the thing that's a whole lot easier than asking someone to help them move just sit down and play cards yeah also if they start to give you guff you just go like well i'm so sorry i asked you to try to have fun with me <laughs> then you can play the guilt <laughs> card you know <laughs> I'm so sorry that I bought cards for us to try to have fun playing a game. <laughs> Why the... do you know so many of these tactics? Because I've locked a lot of doors on people. What? Who said that? Not me. Hey, TJ, I got a question for you. Uh, yeah. You want to? You want to answer a listener question? I I could. All right. Um. So uh, what I'll say is, you want to read this listener question, uh, which is just the first paragraph. <laughs> So, just we'll, the first paragraph of this, or... Yeah, yeah, we'll hit the other ones afterwards, because there's a point being made, but it's it's not the question. Okay. Okay, so from The Stampede, said, Listener question for you guys. With the upcoming Siege, Ultra Magnus having a big R.I.D. reference with its sculpt, what kind of references would you like to see included in a line of figures with a mostly G1 aesthetic? As an example, I'd like to see an ARC alt mode for Omega Supreme, so that we get animated reference. I think it could have been both... The revealed rocket base slash tank alt mode and an arc mode. This would be especially fitting considering the siege is leading up to the Autobots leaving Cybertron. Oh, there's so much now. Like like animated references, absolutely. Because also remember that time when we got animated references? What were they called? 
completely new figures of Lockdown and Lugnut as, you know, uh, more of a classics verse mm-hmm. kind of look. Remember remember those references we got? Uh, <laughs> How about some Prime? Some Prime references. Uh, you know, uh, Dreadwing and his brother, uh, uh, Motorbike RC, uh, who's like, you know, all, all um, you know, cool like Suma Lee. Um, oh, man, tons of Prime stuff. Yeah. I had a completely different thing I was going to talk about, but now I'm sitting here going... Siege Viacons. Siege Viacons. Aaron. Mm-hmm. Siege Viacons. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, that's a statement that I fear. Siege Viacons. Oh, that'd be cool. I, I was going to say, being on Cybertron, this is the time to make some toys of more IDW characters. There are plenty of them who would fit into Siege. I am still campaigning mm. for Aileron, perhaps. But there are others. Uh, also, Centurion. I think Centurion could fit in here. Make a locomotive. Just make it a little bit Cybertronian. Um, TJ, I don't know. Like, what about you? Like, like, what what would you like to see popped in in, in something that's so G one? I'm trying to think. Like, because like I like the theme of this this toy line we're getting. Where okay, the robot modes are very cartoonish and accurate to that, but we're also getting very futuristic vehicles which is also a really cool thing mm-hmm. i'm not entirely sure how like what kind of aesthetic could be worked in like the art like rid magnus is a pretty obvious one it's, it's a it's a very out there design and like there's all there's part of me that's going to uh there's part of me that's always going to champion things like cybertron optimus's vehicle mode hell yeah but like i, I love like you know because that's not that's not your standard fire truck, but then again, I'm not sure what could catch fire on Cybertron. Uh, you know, stuff that gets shot, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all well, it's all metal, so it's not like they have like forest fire. No, metals can Cybertron. burn. You just got to get it hot enough. There's also wasn't there like one of those weird G1 weapons was like literally a liquid fire gun or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so there's so many. Like Cliff Jumper had a glass gun. Like yeah, I, yeah. I still don't even know what that is. Shoots glass. Turns like, whatever it hits one. into glass. It's 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 actually just grape shot, and everyone keeps telling Cliff Jumper, "You just have a grape shot gun." But he's like, "No, it's my glass cast cannon." It's like it's like you look you look at those old weapons they came up with long enough, and it's just like these guys had horrific weaponry that sounds absolutely excruciating to experience, and they're the good guys. That's what happens when you get a bunch of uh, kind of nerdy 2030-somethings from the 80s in there to, like, write the weapons for a robot toy line. They're like, all right, what if this one just, like, melts people alive, but they're robots so we can do it? This one just turns them super brittle. And then they shatter, <laughs> and they're robots so we can do it! Uh, I had I had one other thing I was going to throw in here. What was it? It was just on my the tip of my brain. Oh! You know, okay, I'll, I, I have it now. I won't say it right now. I'll say it afterwards. Aaron, what's uh, something you'd like to see um, mixed in with the Siege aesthetic, for instance? Hey, I saw. I said. I said Prime earlier, didn't I? I guess. Yeah. You, do you want to make that your official answer, like on the record? Um, I, I think that hitting some of those other characters, like Breakdown, um, mm-hmm. Bulkhead. Oh, Breakdown and Knockout. Which would I mean, be Bulkhead perfect. was more animated, but yeah, but just a couple of like. Of the bigger bruiser style guys, maybe slip some of those in rather than just eighty four casts. Knockout 
with a very not quite earthy looking Cybertronian siege car mode would be the business, I think. Like like a very slick like potentially retool like a maybe like a if you had something like a um uh like a blur supposed to be very fast, have like the the smooth version of that car versus the the like cut down to nothing version that blur normally is yeah like uh, uh, they're not the robot modes necessarily but you look at the alt modes for prowl and sideswipe in siege yeah and i just sit there going the third generation on that would be a perfect knockout uh, yeah well, like a, like like and I'm, like i'm saying like a slick version because i don't see knockout being angular yeah yeah like that's like that's, that's ha- where his robot mode yeah. comes from. It's not even like angular, yeah. but it's like the curves turn into angled points in the robot mm-hmm. mode. Uh, oh, knockout's so cool. Because um, because mine was if siege you know gets to be a full line, it feels like the kind of line where they could slip in a tarn. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really feels like the kind of line where they could slip in an official transforming tarn. You know, not not necessarily like perfect to the comic, but very clearly the character, you know, like with Lockdown and Lugnut when they showed up in classics. Like, I think a Siege Tarn would be sort of neat and he would hella work with, you know, the I'm covered in guff kind of aesthetic of Siege and his whole thing of, you know, I love to get more forms to turn into to me is a parallel to the whole Siege gimmick of everyone armors up with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, hey, you know what? Even matches better. Lockdown, a siege lockdown would also be pretty solid and in, in line with everything. Uh, like a classic style lockdown who mixes in a little bit of movie lockdown with animated lockdown into some kind of fusion. Maybe you know that that was what uh, Q Transformers lockdown was from the Q Transformers anime. So like that, but as a full size robot, I'd be kind of down for that. Um. Any other ideas you guys got, or you think we've we've kind of hit a, a whole swathe here? We we have successfully created too many expectations for Siege to possibly live up to. Yeah, high fives all around. <laughs> hey, hey, that's some good foley. Um, the rest of the question is actually I, I thought this was really solid about, and I wanted to share this afterwards because um, I, I screwed this up. Uh, the Stampede mentions. Uh, also, speaking of animated, you guys completely forgot to mention it in your discussion about different shows, governments, and world building. Outside of IDW, I think it's probably the most fleshed out Cybertron we've seen in Transformers media, so it's worth a mention. It was a post-war Cybertron where the leftover Decepticons were seen more as terrorists than anything else. We got to see a large portion of the culture, and it had a larger population on Cybertron than any other show we've seen. We even got to see a political campaign when Sentinel tried to become the new leader. And while it may not have looked mature, it definitely had some of the most mature storylines we've had in Transformers shows. As an example, look at the way it treated Ratchet and Omega Supreme's relationship, and the fact that the Autobots intentionally made bots like Omega have less intelligence so they couldn't understand the destruction and death they were causing. Is that a spoiler? Oops, no, because that was nearly eight, nine years ago. Uh, which blows my mind. Uh, anyways, thanks for continuing to make such a great show. I've been listening since the double digits. So like other people who have chimed in, you have all been a part of my life for a long while. Hope you guys continue to enjoy doing this as I have definitely enjoyed listening. Thanks guys. The stampede is a hundred percent right. And I just assumed I had mentioned it cause I know it was on my mind when we had that conversation about world building. Uh, that is a hundred percent right. Animated, especially by season three had a 
vaguely dystopian Autobot run Cybertron, which is way the hell up my alley. I feel like IDW ran with those kind of balls a little bit longer and harder. Uh, and, and, and that's cause, you know, they could, it was years later and they had enough time to build up and set the bedrock for that. But animated really did some good stuff with like showing that when the Autobots win the war, maybe they do it by becoming friggin' monsters. Uh, and and that you know the the revolution nature of of Megatron's whole Decepticon movement maybe that actually has some grounding because it seems like Autobots outside of the regular crew who were kind of treated as you know lower level trash cleanup robots like a lot of the higher level military Autobots were dicks and were mm-hmm. were at times fairly terrible sometimes frightening people I think animated Ultra Magnus is actually a very scary character. Uh, that we could have maybe had some more time to get to know and not, not get to know in that we all become his friend, get to know in that animated ultra Magnus has done some friggin' stuff. Uh, maybe shockwave ripping him, uh, open. Like maybe that was justifiable, you know, like animated asked that question in a way that I thought was really cool. And, uh, and cruxing it all on Ratchet was 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 like not only super solid, but like it did it before IDW did sort of a not similar uh, or like identical, but you know a sort of parallel approach of Ratchet being a touch point uh, for a lot of that kind of stuff uh, early on in Phase Two. So uh, yes, animated absolutely should have been in that conversation, and I am uh, I was surprised, but I'm pretty sure it's accurate uh, that I I never brought it up during that. Yeah. I read this question and I had to think back to myself. Oh wait, how, yeah. Like, how, did, I, how did we how did we miss that all? How, how did we miss yeah. it? Like like because because I remember anime being just bright and colorful and the fun little toys and all that. I kind of forgot things like oh, uh, they vivisected RC's head to get codes out and left her in a four million year coma. Autobot oh, that war happened. crimes. Autobot mm-hmm. war crimes. It's so good. Uh. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I felt like Marguerite Scott was actually starting to really just sink teeth into with Till All Are One, uh, which is why it's still my favorite IDW book to this day. Like, good books set good bedrock, and Till All Are One is the book that got to build a story on, on top of all that bedrock uh, in, in the best way. And, and like, yeah, animated, animated had some good stuff. I would have loved to see animated is the kind of show where I would love to see a season four happen maybe in the early 2020s with the knowledge of what Transformers is now, you know, quote unquote, allowed to get away with storytelling wise. Like, it would be interesting to, to like let mm-hmm. animated actually run with that because they left the show in a state of sentinel prime is uh is campaigning and probably won becoming the new magnus and it's like that's a bad cybertron to live on and i, I would like to see what happens with that bad cybertron uh in in a more like fleshed out longer form state um but yeah anyway i wanted to give that full credit because that that was all 100 percent true and it sounds like we we're i had a feeling we were all going to be on the same page of like oh my god did we not mention animated i just assumed we did uh Anyway, thank you, The Stampede, uh, for the question and the clarification. Uh, that brings us to what we got this week. And, like, honestly, Aaron, it sounds like you got the thing this week. I got a, I got a couple of the things, yes. Yeah. Uh, TJ, did you pick up any of that Siege stuff? Uh, no, there's no Siege out here yet, and I'm not delving onto eBay or Amazon for it. 
All right, Aaron, what did you who did you make deals with? Who who did you have to uh, So there recently there was a I I don't know if they're quite a boutique toy store, but a a smaller toy store. Is that a word that for like drug dealers? In, it's some kind of drug in dealer downtown. Word? <clears throat> Not quite, but yes. Um <laughs> where it's like the supply chain for him is Hasbro to his store. The supply chain to the yeah. boutique toy so, store. Do you hear my air quotes? Yeah. So it's uh downtown Lafayette, it's Infinity Toys, and they had like Alfie and I had like we'd gone in there shortly after they'd opened, and they had like some new stuff, and then the now I guess required if you're selling toys wall of pop, and they had like one display case that had some transformers in it that was a little bit of everything, some G one, some G two, a couple of Beast Wars thing, just like like a cross section of somebody's collection or something. Yeah, nothing, nothing that was like gotta have in it and so i was just like hey i'll throw him a follow on on the facebook and pay attention to him just to see what's going on and maybe you know duck in there every once in a while and then i saw a picture of like hey now the store is officially open because whatever reason and one of the images had like in the corner had siege optimus and and megatron i was like "Uh uh-huh and then i looked at it and it was for the two leaders, it or for the two Voyagers, rather, it was their price was thirty four fifty, and like retail retails thirty, and I can have it a little bit sooner and have like okay, I've got the first couple bits of siege, I can calm down now. And you can support a, your friendly local it's, drug it's a, toy it's store. It's a thing that's here. Yes, the friendly local drug toy store. Yeah, you didn't um, have to say the first part. That was me misspeaking, but. <laughs> But at that and like so then I like talked to the guy and I'm like, hey, are you looking to get more siege? And he's like, oh, well, when I was looking through the listings, I thought that the Megatron and Optimus looked neat. So I bought a box. The other two I kept for myself. And I was like, OK, well, like if you got a box of deluxes, one of each of those would be sold to me as long as you weren't marking them up anything crazy. Oh, really? Are, is there that much interest in Transformers? Twitch. Twitch, Twitch. And you just like this is then you go to lock the door and you're like, we're gonna play a card game. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna play a card game while I hold hold on. Can you hand me your phone? I'm gonna show you uh, a podcast that you should probably listen to. He's like, why are you um, locking the door to my own store? No, this is called Friend Ransom. I just met you. Friend Ransom. <laughs> so he's going to look into uh getting more siege but how many air so quotes I, are we verbalizing this week yeah like, <laughs> many lots um but yes yeah, so i have uh megatron and optimus prime uh i'll just say right up front because i might chime in i didn't get to like fully tr- i didn't transform them at all i got to handle the robot modes of those two and the vehicle mode of optimus uh the other day okay and uh and boy the articulation uh it's not even that there's tons even though there is quite a lot it's that the articulation is smooth it is so organic so the only thing that i've had issue with um is megatron's hips because they're like i think they're mushroom peg into like pin rivet or something it's Mm. I I need to get out my floor polish and a couple of toothpicks to feed it 
into the right places. Oh, are they a bit loosey goosey? They're 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 loosey goosey. Right. Um, I actually don't remember how they were on because I Megatron I only really handled for about like a minute. Uh, yeah. I didn't notice anything, but I didn't mess with him enough to really, <laughs> you know. That and the way that Megatron's head like collapses down for his alt mode means that like it sits on a weird platform in his robot mode. Mm-hmm. That you can have him look down by having that whole part like tilt down rather than like the ball socket looking down. Oh, um, I used that for a for a pose. Um, yeah, I didn't mind it, but yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. But he he like so for Megatron since I've got him in hand right now, the way that his legs collapse for his alt mode is actually pretty interesting because it's like the back of his thigh opens up or like his calf opens up and then he has a 90 degree joint mid thigh that rotates sideways and then it's like you crank it the leg around and it condenses down and so so you do that on both sides and then he has his foot has the convenient hole for the what we now know as the like common like boots former bits now um or you can flip it back for heels and aside from his kind of loosey hips he poses very well like you said it's every bit of pose every bit of jointing that it has that these two have they both use it so very well they're they're standing silhouettes. Optimus more so, I think, because he's so he's slim enough to really see it. Mm-hmm. They they have such um animation style, not not G1 necessarily, just like I don't know how to put it any better. Their standing silhouettes just look so alive and drawn mm-hmm. um that, that it, it makes posing them uh like the end result is always so satisfying. Yeah. It, it looks like a drawn picture uh, in, yeah. in silhouette form, and I was like, "Oh, I love this!" Because this is what I like about modern masterpiece right now, uh, and, it, and it's on a main line. Hooray! Yeah. And the other thing that I was very impressed about Megatron is that his tank turret actually turns and can turn a whole three sixty. Oh, nice! Without impediment, and it is his his arms and the the fusion cannon becomes like the inner part of the barrel and then his like other sword weapon thing transforms a little bit to then tuck underneath it and all come together as one nice package and so so it both of these toys have a good amount of like little tricks that i feel like go a very long way to uh to improving the whole kit the Optimus vehicle mode, when I looked at the underside, I actually could not tell how it worked at a glance. And I was very mm-hmm. excited because I was like, I'd seen the one exploded photo of everything open, basically. Yeah. And I was and, and then looking at the vehicle mode, I was like, you know, you can see bits and pieces, but I'm sitting there going, it's not not super obvious what's happening here. And I dig that. Also, I didn't know this in any of the photos. I kept calling them headlights. Those are four little gatling guns on the front of his truck mode. Like they have little little uh, chain gun barrels sculpted inside them. On what? On his? You no, know, those four things on the front bumper that look like four headlights. Uh, they end up on his arms, I think. The silver bits. Those little. Sil- oh. They have little Gatling oh, guns sculpted yeah. in them. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't looking at those as Gatling guns, but sure. Yeah, like 
I thought they were just more Cybertronian headlights. And I was yeah. joking for months. It turns out they are guns. And thank goodness I didn't joke about them to his face or I'd be dead. Mm-hmm. He would have shot me a whole lot with his four tiny Gatling guns. Yeah. But I do like, so I, I definitely found it interesting the way that on Prime, that the stuff that ends up as the front of his truck, like the faux matrix and the, the truck grill stuff that all condenses up into his backpack. First off, how well that condenses into a backpack. I mean, it's still a bit of a backpack. It'd be cool if, like, that whole thing could detach. And then it would be, like, like the epitome of smooth Optimus Prime. Did you see the thread where someone figured out... It's part of the thread where someone figured out um, that ISO alcohol actually does take a lot of that paint off? Oh, for the paint? Yeah, I'd seen that mentioned before. In that thread, I think the same poster said that he only had to remove, like, I think one or two pins, and then all the Cybertronian (laughs) gunk on top of Optimus' roof just came off. Yeah, one one pin would knock it out. Yeah, uh, he did it, and he said, like, yeah, this thing looks great in both modes still. So I was like, that seems like even potential future retooling um, Mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely the way that this is built feels like they hung it all there, especially the way that he has the like lights on the front of his shoulders and and a, a few other things around it that make it feel like it was definitely set up ahead of time with the how do how do we get more uses on this thing down the road yeah and just the way that like his hips like his hip girdle like the front part of the 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 normal diaper stays vertical and then the hips back rotate back for transformation but that is still on that he still has a waist joint with like when you're just lined up for transformation that it can roll back yeah so there's there are so many like neat tricks and everything has a place on on the vehicle mode the stuff that like in maybe in earlier generations it maybe just kind of hang out like the the truck part that has your your gatling guns on it, it has a a spot where it detents facing the other direction and it stays there it's not like you know back to classics prime where he had the giant forearm shield things that were the half of the vehicle because where else is it going to go yeah well even um uh, sculpting wise, I noticed because I mean Prime, he's got that matrix chambery stuff sculpted inside his chest, even though it's it's mm-hmm. a chasm that's there for the transformation. Uh, did you look at Megatron's back? Like, what would have been the hollow underside of a panel has a bunch of tech sculpting on it that looks yeah. like biomechanical tech sculpting. Yeah, I guess it, it's 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 tech sculpting to with with some sort of reason to it. Yeah, and like, again, th- like kind of spinal that comes down and together uh pretty well uh you know places where there are the five millimeter peg holes that have no reason to be there other than hey you could probably put something neat up here and especially since like the lower price points seem to be all about adding other types of weapons along the way hey guess what we've left you a bunch of different places that you can plug those in and have even more fun with it yeah, there's, there's if if these two are what the line to be is is going to be like, I am very excited for Siege. It sounds great. I've I've heard 
basically nothing but did you see the review on those siege toys they look great and i've just been like it's such a good chance i might see those in the next month here i just gotta hold out i gotta hold out mm-hmm. um also i will I'll, I'll just say it now i looked at siege optimus's instructions i got really mad because they look worse than the last year's uh, I said so on Twitter and then was shown that the deluxes and everything that isn't the Voyagers have nice instructions. Yeah, I don't think the Voyagers are worse than. I think I they are know. same as. I guess. it's just For me, it's worse than because it's like they, they made the background a nicer background, but then darkening the actual image of the toy on the white background made it even worse to me. And then the red highlight it looked like layers of highlighter on the same page you know and like yeah it just for some reason it just really set me off when i looked at it i was like it's it's a thing that should be better yeah but just isn't at least at the the voyager size yeah i'd I'd also seen the the uh the deluxe sizes and those definitely do look like they're better so yeah like proper contrast like, I was yelling at the person whose prime I was looking at that, like, because they were like, oh, you know, maybe they're just getting cheap on the instructions. I was like, no, to print this this dark with red over the dark gray, they're spending money on ink that is making it worse. And that mm-hmm. makes it worse to me. And then they're like, what do you care? And I was like, it matters to me because of the children. <laughs> uh, Man, I'm so hyped for Siege now. It seems like like good times. Um, hopefully you can get that connection going for the deluxes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's close enough that like, I've seen people saying that like target has it in back and they're just waiting for the after black Friday. Thank God it stopped. We can do a little bit of like shelf shuffle. You got to get your friend to get them out before black Friday so that you can then go to his store on black Friday and be like, Hey, uh, I heard those are on sale. (laughs) he's just like what is this abusive relationship i seem to be in and then you're like it's not you're my friend (laughs) (laughs) um anything else on topic this week nope all right uh tj uh you're with me in the siegeless crowd um but Mm -hmm. did you uh do any other transformer stuff this week yes i did indeed all right well what, what did you do oh my walmart finally decided to get in studio series jazz Hey, that hey. was a nice surprise. So, uh, one oh wow, I did not believe the reports of how small he was. Yeah, he's uh, uh he's got that thing when you it, open the box. If only I said that like twenty times. We I were know, I, di- I didn't believe you. I thought you were a liar. I know, no, no, I can understand no. that. Thanks, friend. <laughs> Speaking as a friend, I can understand that. <laughs> There's no proper way to prepare me for how small he is for being a $20 toy, which thankfully, like, they marked him down to, like, 16 when I was there, so. Better. Uh, he is a very nice figure. Like, he is, he is really the jazz figure I was hoping he would always get. Yeah. I still remember... I can still remember like being so excited getting Wave 1 of the original movie line, and then just opening up jazz and going, what... Where are his arms? Yeah, like these what, are these are these are not arms. This what, is what are the arms and what are the hands and where did they start? Mm-hmm. I wanted him to have a figure like this from the beginning. Yeah, you know, that's been you know without him being like the, the huge like human alliance one. 
And I, I I still maintain I think that jazz is actually one of the best bang for your buck deluxes. Like if you can see past physical height and and like get into both what the toy is doing and how much paint is on it. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that thing just uh, it delivers worse. At least three or four of those other deluxes simply do not. Yeah, like he is a really solid figure. Like you said, he has this lavish deco, which. I, I guess I guess you have the I guess you have the budget to do that on the smaller size. So balancing out, fair enough. Uh, I do like that his weapon has the option of handheld or is the hand. I love that stuff too. They I think they've done that with other weapons in the line. Um, I, I think lockdown might do it. Uh, but yeah, it's wonderful when you see mm-hmm. that. I I had trouble. I I need to try it again, but I had trouble getting him into the vehicle mode a few times. Oh, so he has a thing. And talking about instructions, this is something that is not in the instructions, and I went through this too. A lot of people went through it. His vehicle mode does not come together until you realize there is a peg inside his roof that goes into a port on his back or butt. I forgot which. But it's not an obvious peg. It's not an obvious port. And you have to kind of push him, and then they'll go click, like really audibly. Mm -hmm. And that cleans his vehicle mode up. It makes all the geometry work. Because uh, you can make his vehicle mode work without it, but then it feels wrong. Or it feels like it's not coming together right. It's that peg inside his hood. Hmm. Um. Th- this was this was a big thing with him in the feedback thread that helped me out a ton because I I spent a good ten minutes going like, is this, like like kind of how I felt about VW Bumblebee where I was like, is this just a bad vehicle mode assembly? And and then that's what made me so disappointed with VW Bumblebee is that there wasn't this like magic peg. That wasn't mentioned in the instructions. Um, so, like, I see a peg. Like, I'm looking at him in robot mode. I see a peg in there now. Or, like, just... It... So, in, in ve- when you go to vehicle mode, that thing will have a hole to kind of shove into slightly deeper. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm looking over it now. Like, I see the port where you normally put, like, like the, dis- the display stand port that they've been putting yeah. in. Like, that one I see. I don't have him in front of me, so I can't remember if that's the one. It's just like when you go into vehicle mode, you will you'll see that if you kind of just push them together a bit, you can get that peg into a port. Hmm. Uh, and it, it it does a ton. It makes the geometry line up, basically. Uh, my other thing is, how is the chest panel on yours? Uh, what's yours like? Uh, will not lock in to save his life. Oh, that's bad. Um, I believe that mine works. Um, I think that I had to... I didn't, like, modify it a ton, but mine needed some kind of, like... It needed some tweaking of some kind to, like, really fit in nicely, because I was having it pop out now and then, but it was gripping in okay. I think that's, like, a variance thing that I I believe I've read in the feedback thread people are having problems with. Yeah, because like in vehicle mode, it fits snugly enough. Then you rotate it up for the robot mode, and it just does not like staying. It's like n- there's literally no friction whatsoever. There should be some friction at least. I if I had him in front of me, I could tell you, but he's in the other room. Um, check the feedback thread, and then I think that might be a place that might be a floor polish case to like thicken whatever it is that's supposed to wedge in. Right. Uh. I feel like that was the thing I read in the feedback thread, but I'm I'm half remembering all this. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he's got he's got some some things about him that are the feedback thread helps that toy a ton. Um, 
in ways that the feedback thread does not help the VW Bumblebee a ton. Look, this this, this is just broken. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> so yeah, other than that, yeah, super nice toy. Um, mm. beyond that, I do have bot bots. So you got in on that Amazon bot bot? Yeah, wave. Uh man, I got I got tempted when those um I think it was the the sugar ones dedicated sugar, named sugar one packs went up on Amazon. I was eyeballing them and I figured out how much it would cost to come to Canada and I was like this turns bot bots into legitimate expense and ruins the part where I would probably enjoy them. So I held off. Yeah. Cuz there's, it's there's such Canadian a... fees going from American Amazon. It was a well, it was a gamble to do it when Amazon like cuz I got the the first ones which ones were I try to remember exactly which two teams. I got, like, one was the Toilet Troop and one was Techie Team. Yeah. And there, I, when I order them, no photos, no descriptions, no, like, this is the, fi- this is the five you're gonna get. Oh, it's, Actually, it didn't even, it wasn't even, like, listed. You're getting the five-pack or the eight-pack. It was, like, literally just ten bucks, we'll send you something. The, so the one that went up recently, they showed photos of the three different choices, and they said, you're gonna get a random one of these. No... It is literally the worst way you can sell these. That's that's why you got to buy them in person, where you can just see what you know the ones in the bubble are. Yeah, like if you're buying online, like one of each team online only. Don't go beyond that, or you gamble. I was trying yeah, but... to logic out how to deal with doubles. I was like, well, I could paint some. Of, I could paint the donut into different flavors of donuts. Oh could... <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, you're Canadian, some... so you got to start out with like the maple glaze, right? I uh, maybe maybe. I mean, you're, I mean, they give you extras to trade, right? I uh, man, like that, like that's the idea. Like, so kids like have extra ones to trade, but you know, you trade your bot bots, you're, just turn them into new ones. Yeah, but you're you're just locking all your friends in a room. So, like, how would you do like custard filled ones? That that'd be like a major, like remod, right? You need to get some epoxy putty to fill the hole. Yeah. That's well, a... no, you don't fill the hole. You don't fill the hole because it's whatever the cu- to whatever you use to make the custard. It's always got that little bit that's coming out of the donut. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're gonna paint it afterwards, is what I'm saying. Like you model that little divot because the because the uh, you know custard donut always has that little like lump in the middle. Mm-hmm. So you you model that in with some epoxy putty and then paint it, you know, to match. Okay. So. uh Bot bot rundown. Mm-hmm. So, uh, soft-ish plastic, not like uh, tiny turbo changer, which is what I feared. Yeah. So like it's in between that and just solid ABS. So they're nice and solid feeling. Uh, let's see of the ones I got. One thing I took from the instructions was that the secret one is printed on the instructions along with the rest of the team. Oh, so really? It is either. Yeah, so it is either not randomized or it is like a super limited pool. Okay. I was wondering about that. So yeah, like yeah, apparently it's not like a secret assortment as far as I can tell. Um let's see who who do I get? I got I got I got the toilet paper roll for King Toots. I'm so jealous. That's yeah, he he is he is a fun one. I love I just love the name. I like how a lot of these have ball joints that let you like personalize how they look 
Yeah, well, they're yeah, it's like they're they're um you know they're they're Happy Meal toys plus. Like they they can Something actually like do that. some stuff. Okay. Mm. But uh, let's see, some of the some of the names I will give credit to. Uh, we got Bond's eye as the tree guy that only has one eye. All I right, thought that was, right. that's that's a very GoBot style name. We're giving credit to King Toots, by the way. Like I'm not. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah, absolutely. About it. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Rohawk, which is the spray paint can. Mm-hmm. Which on mine didn't transform all the way. Like his cap is supposed to push down to hide his eyes. Mine doesn't do that. I wonder if it, if because it's softer plastic, maybe it's slightly paint stuck. I'm wondering that too. But like like. Literally all the force I could muster could not budge this thing. If it's paint stuck, one thing you might want to try, pop him in the freezer. Uh, that makes the paint contract and then maybe crack open wherever it's, you know, over a, a, a conjoined part. And thought of that. I learned that from NECA toys. I learned wait, a lot wait, from NECA toys. <laughs> Amazing know, so... how many of those things we have to pick up. Mm. So... Some of the name, like some of the names on here, are not as imaginative. You have Puxy, who's just the puck, the hockey uh, puck. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Rad Hacks, which is the the laptop. I mean, I kind of like that because it sounds he sounds like scum, and I sort of like this. <laughs> the uh, ones I like are Sticky McGee. Which is just a toilet, which is just a tape dispenser roll. All right. And then my favorite, my favorite of the batch, which is the the bowl of ice cream with a little cone coming out, mm-hmm. turns into like the the unicorn with wings. Is the name name on that one? Unilla Ice Queen Cone. That's that's <laughs> good. That just keeps going. I like that. That's a that's that's you work two puns into there. I'm proud of you, Hasbro. Yeah. It also helps that that is one of the really nice ones because again the ball there's the uh, the wing shells are on ball joints so you can position them how you want. Oh, nice! Yeah, you can like uh, emote with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all the legs are like individually jointed, so I've gotten I've actually gotten some poses out of her. Oh, sweet! Uh, they have been delightfully fun, but yeah, like unless uh, like buying them online is such a risky venture unless you know exactly which assortment you're getting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on topic, that pretty much handles me. All right. Well, I I did something on topic too. Um, that I wanted to share. Uh, it's not bot bots. I'm I'm actually jealous of those, despite the fact that I did also get my toy of the year. Uh, like spoiler alert, this is going to be my TFW staff pick toy of the year, and I'll ask, but uh, I'm confused right now. This might end up having to be both my official and my third party ones. Because uh, like that would be fun to do to people, but um, today and and boy, I, I want to give a shout out to the postal worker for my building, who was a lovely guy, who I could t- I, I got the impression today he was madly trying to get as much moved as possible on a day where he's allowed to work, because um, we we're currently having some uh, some postal strike stuff going on over here. Talking uh, about the postal strike, they're coming after you. That's the postal strike police. They're like, are you a scab? Like, no, I'm not a scab, but that's, oh, that's an ambulance. Uh, anyway, I, uh, I got my flame toys Tarn 
which its its status today updated this morning to say likely delayed due to uh, labor strike issues till the 22nd. And then it was here when I got home. It was being it was the the postal guy basically rang my doorbell when I was down the street and I said, I'll be there in five to ten. Got there and it was Tarn. I was very happy. Um, and yeah, Flame Toys Tarn is fantastic. Uh, it is the first official Tarn figure. It is the, I believe, third released Tarn figure official or unofficial. The other two being Mastermind Creations and Fake Busker's uh, little super deformed Tarn uh, on Shapeways. Um Tarn is consistently a good toy, no matter what form you get him in. Uh, this thing is is incredible. Uh, I was a little bit tired. I needed to take a nap this afternoon, basically, when I got home. But uh, I still made the time to pop open Tarn and see how some of his stuff works. And when I bent his ab joint, the stuff that happened made me audibly just go, like, I just went like, Jesus. Like, like watching stuff happen. Because uh, it's chemical attack. And it's everything I loved about their Iron Man figures, except on a Transformer. Uh, Tarn is bulkier than Drift, so he's just got more room for stuff to happen. Uh, and 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 man, like the there's batteries loaded in with little like stopper plastic tabs. You pull them all out. His lights turn on. Uh, you get excited. Um, his his fully posable hands they form a decent fist. Uh, ball socket connections at the knuckles so you get a little bit of spread if i had one complaint it's that his fingers are all the same length and i would have liked to see like some minor variants but with his pointy fingers it kind of works i think it's also i think the first time anybody has done jointed articulated alex milne hands uh with the that very particular alex milne knuckle um which which lends itself well to a physical actual working knuckle uh and there, yeah, there's a there's an instruction book that half the instruction book is 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 just telling you. Did you know this part moves? This part also moves. There's a hidden joint here, um, and and everything that moves also like sometimes there's like you know a flap on the outside of his shoulder pads, and they say, oh, lift this flap, and his sh- his arm can uh, point outwards farther. You go to lift the flap up, and it's actually two conjoined little moving parts. You know, obviously you bend his elbows, and a bunch of stuff moves. You bend his knees. When you bend his friggin' knees. The golden kneecap part has, like, a dedicated, like, secondary die-cast frame to have it move uh, on its own. Um, there's still a thing I'm trying to find on here that, that I'd heard about from uh, from my upstairs, Ian, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Magic, uh, which is, like, there's spring-loaded bits on here that are just to get out of the way of stuff when it moves past them, um, like his crotch plate, for instance. Uh, when you do the side to the dedicated side to side ab tilt, so it's not a ball joint, it's like two separate hinges in the X and Y. Uh, the side to side hinge also reveals hydraulic piston stuff that might actually be moving. I can't tell, it's giving the illusion of it at least. Uh, the pointy stuff on his chest crest can very seamlessly fold up. It folds up in the instructions, literally, so you can swing his arms around 360, because that's what some action figure reviewers tend to do. Uh, it is a beautiful toy. It is probably my favorite Transformers piece of merch this year. And I'll say what I said on Twitter, all right? Because uh, I already had the person who replied going, I'm still not convinced, you know, as though I have to justify this toy to somebody. Because uh, I don't, because it's the best toy that's out this year. And if you don't believe that, listen... I'm not the one who's going to try to tell you the sky is blue. All right, you got to come to that conclusion on your own. But uh, slightly less 
sardonically and harassmentally, uh, what I'll say is when you try to tell me, right, that like, but it doesn't transform. Like, all I can say to you is you're asking, you're trying to tell me that the fresh beef steak doesn't have chocolate chips inside of it. Like, you're you're asking for a thing on something that doesn't do it. And like, yes, it doesn't do it. And then the conversation seems to want to continue. And it's like, there's no other conversation to have. The steak doesn't have chocolate chips in it. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, but also, his abdomen actually transforms from straightened to bent. Parts move and fold inside themselves. So he does transform. Intellectual checkmate. Click. Uh, anyway, this toy is very expensive. So obviously... When I, this is a great example when, of that thing I say sometimes. When I say how good this is, I'm not saying you better go buy it. Uh, I'm just saying respect how good it is, damn it. Uh, also, I've checked the thread, and apparently if you do want to buy it and you didn't pre-order it, it appears to have actually sold out everywhere. Um, so it might be difficult to get a hold of right now. Uh, but if you can, you know, you, you should. Uh, hopefully that is just a case of it is still shipping, and hopefully that's not a case of, like, you know, you're out of luck, but... Also, if you're out of luck, then friggin' Flame Toys Tarn sold out, and I think that's incredible, so I'm also kind of cool with that. Anyway, uh, I love this thing, and I've been rambling now for a few minutes, so I'll I'll hold off. Uh, But if you guys have any questions about it, I can tell you. He's heavy. He's got die casts in him. Uh, He feels nothing on him ratchets. It just all all makes those nice sticky noises. As always, my question with those sort of things once they start tossing die cast in it is it die cast in good places and for good reason oh yeah his die cast is most like his ankle tilt i believe is made entirely of die cast it's it's very stiff he's a toy i put him down and i pushed down and with organic tactile feedback his legs kind of just straighten themselves out Okay. Onto the like, like, yeah. The the diecast is in the right places. Uh, okay. I, I can't imagine he'll ever fall over. Because um, also his upper body can't have any diecast. It's where most of the wiring is for the lights. Um. All right. Also, he's got lights on his legs in two separate little removable pods because they have their own batteries and switches. Uh, and those just come off and then plug back in. Uh, also, his backpack can is on a multi jointed thing. And all the, the the two cannons are on joints, and there are joints in joints, so that the backpack can just organically rise up, and the cannons can fold forward and point over his shoulders. Um, I got the D4 Toys exclusive parts, so I also have the unscratched face mask, and okay. uh, the replacements for the shoulder cannons that are a set of speakers, so that he can talk you to death at length. Um, also, the face mask, just, it, just, it comes off really nicely. There's just a forehead tab. And the revealed face is all kind of marred up the way that Tarn's face looked when we did finally get to see it. Like he's got the scarring under one eye and stuff with all the skin kind of peeling off. Uh, Very good Alex Milne nose. Um, It's actually so good that it is making me start to agree with the people who are saying, because they just revealed the model kit, the Furo, uh, the Furai model kit for IDW Megatron. And I don't think they got the nose quite right. It might just be that it, if you paint it, maybe it'll make the nose look a bit more correct. But in the photos, the nose looks a little bit flat. Uh, and on, on Tarn, on his unmasked face, they got the Alex Milne nose. Like, that is a good Alex Milne face. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend this figure. If you do have the uh, desire to pick it up, uh, you won't you won't be getting the dud, is what I'll say. Um, anyway, I guess that's all our on topic, what we got this week's. So let's go off topic. Um, 
TJ, you said you 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 sounded your tone seemed to allude to off topic things. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did some off topic. All right, what did you do? So just to update the Zio hunt, I actually had luck getting the freaking watches for once. Oh man, I've so... actually given up for a while because I'm just like. <laughs> I've got enough. I got enough to see how the gimmick works, and now I'm kind of like, if I want the other watches in about six months, I believe they will be easy to find. Uh, yeah. Well, some I'm still I'm still waiting on some of them. Like, like the freaking Ryuki watch is never restocked, and it came out, I think, um, over a month ago at this point. Yeah, some of those DX ones I do think are going to be like. It's, when I say in six months, it's going to be people offloading their collections. Oh, well, like, yeah, it always happens. Yeah. No, it's, it's still a fun toy line. Uh, I got the I got the Dizer holder too because that's how you have to get Deno. Yeah, and it, it's a it. I I didn't know what to expect from a big carousel designed for fake watches. Uh. <laughs> You you have to put it together yourself, and there is nothing like it's 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 weird to explain. It's it's six panels that you have to tab together, but they don't tab together solidly in any way. They just leverage, like they they just leverage themselves together when you put the ring of all six together. Oh, so it's like it's like a conjoined friction thing. Uh, so yeah, something like that. It's just like once you get all six together, and you like squeeze the final connection point together now it's all solid because all of them are pushing against each other at the same time i should have said tension not friction yeah tension's a better word for it yeah and then you just you put the cap on the top and that's the only way the cap locks into place and then you just set it on the bottom the bottom piece does not attach in any way shape or form are you are you gonna grab any more dizers are you gonna go for it i mean i i am i am somewhat interested in getting Two of the extensions just to build a ridiculous tower for the watches. Because this dies, it's basically a, a storage tower for the rider watches that are the gimmick for this year. And mm-hmm. in an odd showing of self awareness on this on this particular thing, Bandai released this display stand and also just released more copies of it that can bolt onto it. Whereas last year they had the Pandora box panels and were like kind of cagey about like, oh, maybe I guess if you do want two of them to form a whole box. In the case of this thing, they were just like, okay, yeah, no, uh, you can just have an infinitely high tower of watches. And also we're releasing like 14 watches every month. So have fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so it's awareness because like not like the extensions don't come with a base that lets it spin and it doesn't come with a Deno watch. So you're it's it's at least giving you the option and saving some money to do it. Yeah. I'll tell you what sells it to me is the fact that it is a carousel. Like, it does spin and rotate fairly smoothly. Oh, that's like, cute. That, <laughs> that's that's kind of neat. But also the fact that it's so hollow on the inside, the watch that slides on top can still store inside the column. Yeah. So, like, you've got space for, like, all 21 plus gates. So, like, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would actually go for that. Can't find that either. So, oh, is the Gates Watch still hard to find? Oh no, Gates Watch is still not hard to find. I mean, like the Dizer extensions. Ah, uh, I'm I'm but, uh, I'm muting off and on because uh, yeah. <laughs> sounds like there's an actual medical situation happening 
uh, at some building that's not mine. So hopefully people are okay. Oh, no, never mind. They're driving away. I guess they're all fine. <laughs> False alarm. Pack it up. Um, you know what? That happens, is what I'll say. <laughs> uh, building on from there, my six. I finally shipped my HLJ box, which is where some of this came from. So my 66 Action Mega Man Volume 2. Continue uh, to be really, really nice, super tiny, articulated figures. I, mm-hmm. So I am in love with those things. Should I go track down Volume 1? Um. Well, volume. Well, volume one's got all your Mega Men. I know, it's, but do they feel the same? Are they? Are they like? Is volume two indicative of volume one? Oh, oh yeah. Quality wise, they they feel like you know very much you know, uh, same tolerance, same you know everything. I might go track down volume one because those things were really nice. Hmm. But I, I do like how much this one had variants. Like, one thing about Volume 1 that got me was the fact that everyone kind of molded into the same two shades of blue. Yeah, Because, yeah. like, it's it's Wave 1, you kind of save your cost that way. Uh, wave 2, like, dedicated to, like, variation. Because uh, you get your Super Mega Man that's a different color of red. You got your Cut Man, which I was worried they just mold them in the same color and forget about it. No. Uh, they are different. That was cool. I believe... I believe the two Mega Men are slightly different shades of blue, even. Yeah, uh, that that was what made me also really love the second wave, because that's why I didn't buy the first one, is I, I had that, what you just described. I was like, it is four different figures, but, like, it's kind of hard to feel excited to get, like, just, like, four really Mega Man-ass looking Mega Men. <laughs> uh, like, like wave. wave two, having all the extra, like, you know, characters and having the... Um, Oh, I always forget the the series name because I, I want to say EXE, but it's not. You know, the one it's with Star the Force. Star Force. Uh, it's like that's not a Mega Man ass Mega Man. Like that almost feels like a different character. Um, oh, when well, you, yeah, when you well, have it, it the very lineup. much is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just I felt like there was more going on, and but but it was good enough that now I'm okay to go back and get the mundane yeah. wave. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's mundane if like I, I I guess mundane in that. You have to appreciate like every iteration of Mega Man that's represented, and yeah, the fact yeah. that you're getting a Mega Man Volnut, which is like impossible to do these days. And Volnut like, is the draw of Wave One, in my opinion. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, it's like I, I, I think I can't, I can't I can't remember if Sentinel did Star Force Mega Man or not. I don't think they did. I know they did the others. Mm, so like, I don't think it, they. Someone else did Star Force. Oh, maybe. I'm going to go look. I think like Forinchinal might have done Star Force. But I think, you, like actually, I think you're right. Yeah, because Star Force was not that big of a draw. Oh, no, um, they did. They did do a Forinchinal Star Force. Here, I'll link it. Huh. Yeah, because I, I saw okay. this. I saw this at EB Games, I think. I saw this at some shop, and I was like, huh, I didn't know Forinchinal was going there. Okay. Okay, stand corrected. I was gonna say like this is your way to get like all five of your blue Mega Man. I, I guess not. Yeah, well, I mean, Forinchinal didn't do Volnut, right? No, they did Volnut. Did they? They're they're they did Volnut. It sold out immediately. And okay. I think I think it's this month or next month they're releasing the roll to go with it. Oh, okay. D- D- Mega Man fans don't complain about toys now, right? Cause like no 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 okay. <laughs> we've gotten the like I have literally gotten to the point where it's like uh, my habit for years was like oh Mega Man's actually got some merch I need to buy this I need to pre-order this and now I'm finally looking at the shelf going I am out of control I have made 
poor life decisions and it's like a lot I can of ac- this can go i can actually pause and consider mega man merch now <laughs> yes <laughs> like we're in a we're like we're in a world where i have multiple choices for star forceable series multiple choices in ride armor yeah i didn't realize i man because i, I I didn't think I, I did not think Star Force actually was four inchinal. I was like, I must be misremembering, but it sounds like a thing that I saw. Because uh, of all the ones to be available in like two scales, yeah. Uh, I mean, Volnut Volnut actually is more believable because that's more beloved. I think. Oh well, yeah. Well, you've also got a lot of fans still burned over Legends Three. Yeah, like like, like, the, like just... the, the whole Legends was... thing like makes an an innate draw to a Volnut, whereas yeah. I don't like. I, I don't know too much about Me- the Star Force Mega Man because that game I never really touched. But it was boring. It was yeah, boring. I, I never hear about him, so it kind of blows my mind that there's two figures for him out there now. <laughs> uh, no, but like it, it, it's still a super cool line, and like I'm really, I'm really eager for, uh, I'm really eager for them to get into this. Like the idea that they did a Cut Man in this one, and his little scissors like, come off his head, and he has a hand for holding them. Yes, yes. Like, I've got him in a pose right now. It's like rearing back and ready to throw it. It looks so good. Like, that has me so, like, hopeful that maybe finally this is the line that actually does some robot masters. I put Cutman into his, like, Henshin pose ass looking, I'm going to throw my blade thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, doing that with that tiny figure with a body like that, I was just staring at it going, like, no, this line's real. This is good. Like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, like not I've, actually, it does take away from them a bit. That made me more excited than than what made me buy that wave, which was getting X and Vile, because uh, I like those two. But Cutman and Star Force were the ones that made me go like, this line is actually legit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And saying nothing about X and Vile, both of those are really nice too. Yeah, they are. It's just like they're they're predictable nice, I guess. Yeah, like I expect them to be nice. It's like Star Force gets a really good figure too. Like, okay, didn't call that. Yeah, I, like I think Star Force might be the uh, like objectively just the physically nicest figure in that wave for all the parts you're getting and stuff. They definitely went all out with it because you've got different elements like the hair and the energy hand. Yeah, and like his articulation, I think, is also like because he's not a big boots character. Um, there's something more subtle going on with his articulation that I really liked. Uh, yeah, well, if he had actually gotten Wave 1, uh, Vol- you know, uh, Mega Man Volnut and uh, EXE would have given you that experience. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But I-, I think I think it's because, like, every company has gotten so good at, at having Mega Man with big boots, you know, have a big ankle tilt. I can't, Like, that's a thing I now expect. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, because I didn't handle Wave 1, like... A Mega Man with like not giant boots st- and, and like still having all that good articulation, like just hit something with me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, along with those, I got my ride armors as well. Have you built those and, yet? Uh, I built Mega Man's, I have ah, not built nice. Viles yet. I have not built but either of them yet. They are the same structure, so I'm going to assume one constitutes the other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, it's a really nice figure. Like, uh, I like. I just got done on a run of like super tiny mini plaw models. Uh, spoiler alert for my last on off topic. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I was really happy to build with such big chunk parts. And so many things that required no stickering. Like, the only stickers I had on this guy were, like, little tiny red details at, like, the sides of the knees and ankles. And that's basically it. Oh, nice. I had a feeling I, that it was going to be kind of like that because of the shapes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, those stickers suck. All right. They want you, they want you to peg, what? They want you to peg on top. They want you to stick them on top of pegs that are hollow in the middle. Oh, I hate so those. You, they get that little, yeah. like, inverse nipple. Yeah, well, it's, I couldn't, it wasn't reverse nipple on mine. It was like, it felt like I couldn't get a good enough seal around the sticker on the edge yeah. and I was getting like mm. a bubble ah. so like I like I tried putting it on like because there's like a yellow cap that goes around the peg so I tried stickering it before I tried stickering it after I tried pushing like I got, got toothpicks to kind of push it down around the edge uh, I, I, I couldn't get it to where like they haven't fallen off but I don't feel like it's a secure fit yeah yeah, I'm thinking about ways around that already just in my own head. Like, I, th- I think, like, I know how to deal with stickers that just don't adhere. And I think in this case, like, I could, I have the tools now. I could probably make a smoother surface that it will grip onto nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's, I can't even really complain because it's like, it's like, how dare they make me do modeling on the model kit? But, yeah. but also, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a plot kit, you know, it's a, it's a Bandai pl- Plamo kit, like, there's a mm-hmm. certain different expectation with those. I mean, but I, I mean, annoyance of sticker aside, it's still a really nice kit. It's a nice solid figure once you get it all together. The articulation is good on him. Uh, I, you know, Mega Man or X fits very nicely inside. I want to say Wave Two X has unique hand sculpts specifically for this mode. Can't remember if like I can't remember if the first wave had open hands with him or not. I, yeah, I got the impression that, like, because he's got those gripping hands that, I, if I remember right, it's gripping hands that look like they're for the handles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I couldn't imagine those would have been with Wave 1X. Yeah, like, really nice solid feel, and, like, just the fact that it all comes, like, optional stuff to make the X3 armor, too. Like, and yeah. the X2. Like, it's really, really cool. Ah, oh, that's sweet. I'm looking forward to building those. I've been saving them... Because I I'm I'm uh, I figured out a nice live streaming setup and now I'm getting that temptation again to like do a model kit build on a live stream and I'm, I'm looking at them going like these would be fun to build on the stream. Mm-hmm. So uh, last thing I last thing I got on my list, uh, my Muteki Shogun is in. Oh, nice! That was the modeling that like building so many tiny parts. I was happy to go on to something with big chunk. You had me so worried about this figure. See, I helped. I made it so that it was an even better experience. <laughs> like, you told me you skipped Go Lion for the part forming, and then you told me you skipped this one. I'm like, oh god, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Nothing is wrong with it. Oh no, and I, I, I feel like in that conversation I said, it's not that there's something wrong with those toys. It's just they, they do a very specific style of thing that I know I'm gonna get, like, hung up on. Like, Someone pointed out to me on Twitter that, like, Super Mini Plug Gaugaigar, the parts forming he does is the hands, or sorry, not the hands, but the covers on the hands, which the Soul of Jagokin does, and that's fine, but it's also that the tail comes off Galleon, and, like, I remembered, I was like, yes, and this is my, this is my problem, 
the tail having to parts form on Galleon was enough to make me not really want to do super mini plot Gagagar. Because I was like, I already got the Soul Jagokin. The mini plot has his parts swap for the tail. I just don't want to. So that that's where I'm coming from. So on Dai Shogun, there is a part swap, right? <laughs> um What were you thinking it was? I thought it was one of the heads. One of the little guy's heads had to come off. The two on the legs do have to come off. That's what it was. That is literally it. I know, and it's everything else transforms exactly like the original toy. It's super dumb. I'm not saying that, like, my way is the highway. I'm saying my way is the neuroses-ridden way I don't want it to be. <laughs> but the part where the heads had to come off, I was like, ah, I can skip this thing. Because uh, otherwise it looks fantastic. That's such a minor point. That's yeah. such a minor point, because he's still, like, compared to, like, compared to, like, the uh, Daijujin they did, like, the articulation is still stunted somewhat. Like, he has knees technically, but they're the kind that hinge on the very back, so it, they kind of float if you bend them. Mm-hmm. It's more its more or less for like a subtle pose thing, and his hips are not great for forward motion in robot mode. At the same time, it's, it's Muteki Shogun. It's the Shogun Megazord. Yeah. I don't really expect him to be doing like, you know, super dynamic poses or anything. He's thick enough where it looks like it's thematic. Yeah, like... My like some of my best memories for this design was from the old Power Rangers fighting game on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And he literally just hmm. stomps around with like a three frame animation. Like there's just nothing moving on him. He's just like a wall. Yeah, he's like, like a Zang- he's like a, an Alpha 3 Zangief tank. Something like that, yeah. Whatever Alpha Zangief was in, I think he was in an Alpha. The one where Zangief is very large. That's the one I'm thinking <laughs> of. <laughs> the one where Zangief's big. Oh, all of them. <laughs> Right. Oh, as opposed to the one where he's small. Right, good. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> four foot three Zangief. Hey, listen. <laughs> but no, like, I was super happy with it. Like, a ton of stickering to do. That's annoying. Uh, this is the point where I wish, like, I was more into painting these things. Just mm-hmm. to make sure, like, this looked completely, completely perfect. But a lot of the detail on him is really, really good. The articulation I want is there. You know, elbow bend, you know, shoulders I can work with, waist and neck, all of that. That's what I want. Ankle tilt. Thank you. He's so nice. It's just, like, that was my favorite Megazord as a kid, so that's just, it just makes me happy just seeing, like, a little tiny one on the desk. I'm still tempted by him because that is also of the, of those 90s era ones. That's still probably my favorite, or, you know, not 90s era, but also the, you know, the Mighty Morphin canon. Um, that's still mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite. So I don't know, I might, but, but also those two little heads come off. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh my God, give it up. <laughs> like, it's like literally the way the old toy worked. There's no way to deal with those heads. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's just, like I said, it's just me. I'll deal with it. <laughs> The thing, like the, what I what I'm saying is, I promise you, I will never say, "Oh, that thing sucks" because those heads come off. Like that's that's the thing I will never say. It's it's all it's me. Like, after after putting together Go Lion, just having a Ziploc bag of lion legs, I will happily take two heads, and everything yeah. else works. I mean, yeah. Also, if you're coming off of something like Go Lion, this is probably like such a breath of fresh air. It's almost like a feature. It's like yes. featuring <laughs> only two parts come off. 
<laughs> well, I, I always figured, like, especially with these, like, uh, Sentai ones, uh, I always figured, like, park forming just comes with it. It's just, like, how little does it get away with? And yeah. this gets away mm-hmm. with exceptionally little. I actually have one last question about them. The individual little robots, how are they? Uh, those are actually really nice. Okay, that's actually, like that's a that's a clincher for me. If those things are good, then I'm I'm more down for it. Yeah, yeah, they hold they hold ball joint articulation on most of everything they do. They've all got their own little posability. They all have their own weapons and all that. Okay. Uh, my only my frustration with them is like they have those they have those super mini plus stickers where like on a lot of them they have like a forehead band, and then they have the eyes attached to that. Oh, that's so, such a, yeah, I can deal with that, but that's nope. irritating. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So. They come with the stickers for the eyes, so the eyes have detailing and all that. The faces are completely painted. The faces are completely silver. Eyes are beaded over. Hmm. So That's like, just annoying. There's literally no reason. <laughs> there's no reason to have the stickers. Like I, I sat there with an exacto knife, slicing the eyes off of these things. That's just annoying. Yeah, I'd do the same thing. Actually, what I would do is I would just probably just end up painting the headbands because I'd just feel like, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> There's already paint on this head. It's thematic. <laughs> oh, sweet. Uh, anything else off-topic on your end? No, that's it. All right, Aaron, what about you? Did you do any off-topicking? Uh, I built a fence for three sections of a fence, had my basement back up, and then got locked in my basement. No, so it's so, just like, oh. you know, normal weekend. The the normal <laughs> BS of home ownership. No, so we the like entire, a couple weeks. We code the entire podcast <clears throat> talking about locking people in rooms, and Aaron really did lock himself in a room. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't so, me. Uh, it wasn't me, okay? So my basement did the thing where it flooded again and uh ended up having the Rotorooter guys were gonna do a a pressure clean thing, and then as part of that they camera the line. And so they they're it's always been like the clog or whatever has always been under the house. And whenever they would, would come in with a cutter, they'd have to like go down from a four inch. That's the sewer line to like a two inch line. And the guy sold me on the, the power cleaning. Like, well, if you've got old like iron pipes underneath the house, for some reason, those will get scaled up. Um, and then, like the the four inch cutter won't go through it that's why we've always had to step down okay and then it turns out that there was actually like a a one-way flap valve under the house that is supposed to prevent stuff from out in the street combined sewer from coming into the house the problem is it's like 60 years old and doesn't flap properly apparently so every time the the rooter guys would come and clean it their cutter would go and they'd hit it and that'd be enough to like jostle it and make it open and flow. So I actually have a path forward from my ongoing horrible flooded basement BS. Um, so I was like happy about that, but we ended up using the, the, the basement door a lot um, between them coming up and down and then going down and finding the spot in my basement where it was just like a veneer of like concrete over top of everything and breaking that out and then finding the actual thing. So there's a way that I can throw more money at the plumbers and they'll fix it. Yay. Um, Yay. But then it should be like fixed for like $400 and then I never have to see them again. 
and I would end up saving money within like eight months or so of the have them come out three to four times a year. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, all that nonsense has happened, and so then last night, uh, I got home before Alfie did, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make dinner. I've got the stuff. I've been meaning to make dinner for a little while, and she's working late tonight. I'm gonna step up and make dinner. So I've got the the stove on. I've got the oven going, and it's an electric stovetop because whoever remodeled the house is a horrible human being, and I can't have gas stovetop because that'd be better. But whatever. And I've got two burners going because I'm boiling a pot of water for some pasta, and I got the 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 skillet going to to brown some hamburger to make a sauce and everything. And then breaker flips. Crap. The breaker box is down in the basement. So I go and I fight the door again. And then <clears throat> Romo, one of the dogs, is like, sniff at the stairs. I'm like, ah, get, you know, don't don't come down here. And I just shut the door, not thinking about it. And then I go down and I push the breaker in and I see, okay, it's working. And I come back up and there's no amount of jiggle, wiggle, hold, pull, push can I do to get the knob to turn to open the door. Thankfully, the screw side of the knob set was to the basement where I could get at it. So I ended up taking the the Phillips head bit on my multi-tool that I always keep on my belt, thankfully. Managed to work that apart, take the door knob hardware apart, and then like half of the guts of the, the latch hardware fall out in my hand. <laughs> unfortunately it's not the part that is the actual latch into the door it's just all the other stuff that's supposed to make that work so like the spring part that keeps the door latched was still all in there so then i had to go at it like some sort of madman using the the plier part of my multi-tool like an ice pick to eventually break it out so that then i could pull more of that hardware out so that then i could open the door and so I just have this handful of door hardware in my hands, inventing profanities at this door. And I just like put it down. And I'm like, no, I'm making dinner. Dinner is going to get made. This is not stopping me. So I go back and I'm making dinner. And Alfie comes home and opens that the, the front door. And she's like, oh, you won't believe the day. I. Why is there no knob on the basement door? And I have to take, like, the two steps back from the kitchen to see into the living room. I'm like, do you want an answer to that question right now? Or do you want me to keep making dinner? She's like, go ahead and make dinner. You look like you've had a day, too. <laughs> and then I got to explain all that to her. And she's like, well, what would it take to replace it? I'm like, oh, it's like, it's a $15 lock kit. It's nothing big. It was just, like, the whole, I'm trying to do something nice, and then something happens, and then something else happens, and I'm having a day. So... So the moral Yay. of the story is don't own a home. Yes, that's there was somebody at work that's like, I'm thinking about buying a house with a, with a friend of mine because it'd be cheaper than the rent we're paying. And I, I was just like, no, it won't. Yeah. How long are you going to be there? Oh, a couple years. No, rent. Well, yeah. like, have a friend that in college. It's like, no. Hey, when he was, I'm like, no. Hey, your, sewer, your sewage will betray you. And also, <laughs> guess what? At the right time, your basement will try to murder you. Every, every part of your house is going to betray you at one point in time or another. Don't do it. If 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 you don't see yourself being there for a decade, don't do it. Well, it'd probably be like four or five. Don't do it. 
Is 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 it more than ten years? No, don't do it. Do you have children and you need some sort of yard for them? No, not don't do it. Oh, uh, would it be really nice to build equity? You won't. Don't do it. <laughs> well, no. Well, what? Check no. Out, check out Aaron's new book. Equity is a big lie. Also, my basement tried to kill me. <laughs> a homeowner's story. So, but then it was like I, I was explaining to. I, I think it ended up on Twitter of like just the the like back third of the money pit with Tom Hanks, where it's just like. Nah, this house is under constant construction. There's like 87 people here. I'm going to get in the medicine cabinet and I open it up and there's some dude that's outside asking me which toothpaste I need. And I'm just like, this is normal. This is fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I still have one more fence post to dig for the fence I'm repairing. We just like ran out of light by the time it was done. And now every day when I've been getting home, it's like, oh, I've got... 30 minutes of light that's just enough time to get a little bit of digging for a fence post done or i'll just wait until like thanksgiving or black friday to do that work because like that that's better i guess or or that weekend to to get it done yeah and then that's one thing off the top of my list i still need to replace a like a man door into the garage that's fallen up that's falling apart and now replace knob hardware to the basement so don't own a home don't if if you've taken anything away from this whole episode it's don't own a home the white picket fence and, is a and, lie. The, and there's some play some different neat ways to play the transformers trading card game but don't own a home yeah. it's the majority of the statement well aaron i've got i've got i've got something similarly harrowing to end us off on Okay, yeah, I, I don't actually. This is all this is all goofy stuff. I bought some Keyforge. Oh yeah, did you get any of the uh, obscene name decks? Not yet, but today I went by a shop to pick up uh, some boosters to to eventually use for Transformers sealed. Okay, and while I was there, they got their their shipment of their their you know replenish shipment of Keyforge in because Keyforge sold out very quickly over over the release weekend, uh, and then word on the street was don't go crazy trying to find it because they're going to just get a restock very soon and it seems that is the case uh however i am really enjoying rolling the dice on these names so i haven't actually looked yet i figured right here aaron i'm going to take out these two decks i bought and let's see what they're called this first one okay that's pretty good gendry quote-unquote princess turban uh Turban like the hat or turban like T I R B E N. Oh, so made up word. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm just seeing if I recognize any of the. I recognize some of these cards. It's a Dis Logos Mars deck. Did you know 99% of the decks I've opened have Mars in them? That's okay. another reason why I've been okay to buy a few more because I'm like, I want to see if I get decks without Mars in them. Uh, so let's see what the second one is. Uh, it does not have Mars in it. We're already on the on the start here. Oh, that's that's a name. Uh, this is Renata Frau Pavement Bartleby. I like that name a lot. <laughs> okay. Ooh, this has one of the uh, the weird cards in it. Uh, this has Master of Two. There's a Master of One, Master of Two, and Master of Three, and uh, basically like it has like the weird symbol. Because it's like one of those ones where it's um, it's the symbol for this card is in here because it's part of an algorithm. 
Okay. Uh, the horsemen have that as well. And there's a time travel. There's a, the card, which is time traveler. And whenever he's in a deck, he will also have the card uh, help from the future. Uh, it has that same symbol. Interesting. I want to know how these run now. I got to take a look at those later. I've really, in the decks I have, I've really been enjoying goldfishing them a bit and just like dealing hands. And then through that, realizing like how they work. Uh, this game, I haven't gotten to play the game proper yet. I was going to do that over the weekend, but we ended up just playing Transformers. Um, so I'm going to do some Keyforge, hopefully later this week. Uh, and that, that game, it, like, it seems to be a game about piloting, uh, decks, which I really like, because I noticed a lot of the chatter about the game starts off with, I can't play optimized like in deck building games, therefore I don't like this. And then eventually the people who stick with it say, I used to say that, and then I realized this is a piloting game and it was a lot more interesting because it was about piloting a deck that algorithmically for the most part was designed to work in a certain couple of ways um the other thing about the game i noticed is that up front the rules for it sound calamitously complicated with tons and tons of of different mechanics what Mm -hmm. i realized after watching some more of how the game works and goldfishing my decks i have here is is actually not it's just the, the the game has a lot of word salad and a whole lot of jargon but actually works pretty simple it's just not very it's it's a badly copy edited game uh where it presents itself as being obscenely more complicated than it actually is just because it has all these different unique words and i I think also the house names don't help because it's basically six colors or seven colors but instead it's seven houses that all have their own symbol and their own weird made-up word for what they are and it it, it makes the game up front very confusing to parse vocabulary wise but um, I, I was messing around with a deck I got called the Saucer Smith, uh, which had some cool Mars stuff going on. And I was like, wait a second. There's a combo here between this Mars card and this uh, like Templars card. So I went onto the Keyforge Reddit and I was like, does this combo work the way I think it does? And they were like, yes. And I was like, oh, well, that seems like a fun, dumb thing to do to somebody if they let me do it. So then, okay, so a question I have for you, so, since I've not played any Keyforge or looked a ton into it, would there be like two gilded or two housed cards or is it all just like they're all single house okay but there is a type of card so far the rarest card because because all the registered decks are in a a a, a public database people have been running stats on that database and it's kind of fascinating to watch uh they're called mavericks where it's a card from one house that is printed to be part of a different house with a maverick symbol next to it so it'll be a Mars card, but it might have a Sanctum house symbol and a different border color and then a Maverick symbol on the card. So like this is a Mars card, but you can play it you or you do play it as a Sanctum card instead. Um, but yeah, otherwise, it's every card is just from one house. But then there are cards in houses that let you cheat around the house rule, which is like every okay. turn you basically pick a house and then you're playing all the cards from that house. But then there are cards where it's like it's a like there's a dis uh, card where it's like use this artifact and you can play one card of any other house or uh there's like maybe a creature who's like when you put this guy out or you use the action or you reap with him then you can also use a creature of a different house this turn um so there's ways to cheat the rhythm uh kind of like in transformers how you can cheat the uh one action one upgrade one transformation rhythm um there's ways to cheat the rhythm in in keyforge as well 
but yeah, if anyone out there is buying Keyforge, by the way, uh, if you pull a deck with the Horsemen in it, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and you don't feel too precious about just keeping all the decks you buy, you can flip that deck for a couple hundred bucks right now, because there are some dummies out there. Uh, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse are one of those things where you get a rare, which is death, and he's got the thing where when you get that rare, you also will get the other three horsemen. They look very cool. And they somehow metamorphed into this game's current version of the Black Lotus, where uh, if you got a deck where the algorithm gave you the four horsemen, there are people out there who are like, I will pay you $150 for that so I can win. Hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, because the actual community has deduced that the horsemen are pretty good, but they are by no means game breaking and in fact are not very good if the deck they're in doesn't fully support them. Then they're more of a, a background card than the focus. So the idea of paying... 10 to 20 times retail for a deck because the horsemen are in it is actually ridiculous. But right now there are people willing to do it. Also, there have been decks pulled that had two copies of the horsemen. So eight horsemen in the deck. Uh, someone is making headway looking like they're going to sell one of those for four figures. <laughs> so right now, if you, if you're out there listening to this and you're like, Hey, maybe I'll check out Keyforge, and you get a deck with the horsemen in it. Right now, I would say go look on eBay and then maybe just sell it because <laughs> it's not like you're going to be selling the deck that would have won you the game here and now forever. And you're basically getting about a hundred, two hundred, maybe even five hundred dollars off of a dummy <laughs> who thinks they're going to buy their way into being, you know, a competitive top tier player. Uh it's interesting to watch that. It, it was first scary to watch that, and then interesting when the community deduced that no one is gaining anything except for money out of that exchange. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, Keyforge is pretty neat. Considering how lukewarm I was feeling about it up until it came out, and then I saw all the deck boxes sitting there, and I was like, maybe I'll give this a try. Uh, yeah, I'd seen, like, every anybody related to gaming here in town seem like they were having something on the pre-release weekend, and then on the release weekend, and then, like, oh, we're all sold out of stock, but we're getting more soon. And it's like, I... Like, I'm interested in it, but I think it's definitely, like, I want to see somebody else doing this for a bit before I... Because there's, like, the starter box and then the, like, deck boxes or whatever to buy. And it... You don't need the starter box. Uh, the starter box, the thing you get out of that is the tokens, basically. Mm -hmm. And you, okay. you can just make tokens. You can buy nicer third-party ones. The starter box gives you, aside from the tokens, two um, pre-made specific decks that are made for for learning the game. Um, okay. And they're 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 always the same, and they're modified in that more cards will give you Ember when you play them. So they've changed some of the cards in those decks so that the game is a bit easier. So those decks also are banned from like organized play because they're too powerful because they they basically okay. enhanced all the cards in them. And then you also get two blind pack decks. So you're basically for the cost of four decks, you're getting two decks, two decks that are learner decks, and then tokens. So if you think you'll be able to find tokens. You can, for the same price, just get four decks if you really okay. want to. Or you can just buy one and then you're set. Like, it, it so far seems like it's highly uh, it's highly improbable to buy one deck and also have the worst deck in the game. Uh, the balance seems to exist, which is astounding to me that the balance exists in this whole thing. Because the idea of this game is that you're buying pre-made decks that are algorithmically generated uh, to also be balanced. And that's not a straightforward idea to me 
let alone that every deck is like uniquely printed with a unique card back that says the deck name on it on it on every card like there's a lot about this game that i thought would go a lot more wrong than it actually has um so yeah like don't don't buy super heavy into it unless you know you really like rolling dice to see if you pull the horseman a maverick or a funny name like which admittedly i've kind of been doing and i gotta hold off for a little bit uh anyway that's all i did for off topic so that's about uh the end of the the show for this week uh we we talked about a bunch of stuff good on mm-hmm. us um we will talk to you again later on thank you aaron for joining me and uh you're welcome and thank you tj for joining me and for putting up with all our card talk we're gonna get you one of these days i'm sure yeah yeah try also don't own a home also don't own a home very yeah. good yeah. we also told we, we've all learned something i don't know a single homeowner who's happy that they're a homeowner all right that's what i'm gonna say i think i said it on here before but update i still don't know a single homeowner who's tremendously happy that they're a homeowner uh so hold off for hold off for a bit until we see how homeowning changes and then maybe it'll, yeah. it'll be better in a, in a few years uh but in the meantime so we have please. some sort of replication technology and we're like the star trek world where it's like money is not a thing ah you need a new door you just go to the replomat and you push a few buttons and then so- a door transports in place and you don't have to figure out what the dimensions are and it's, it's make a lot, sure you it's have a all lot. the right dumb tools and get a handyman and it's a lot of a lower level thing but like what i'm thinking is it's it's not like it's going to change the costs but like i feel like maybe in like five ten years enough people will realize the current version of home ownership doesn't work that like at least like some of the underlying systems might change like maybe i don't know standardized door sizes or well, so there are like four standard door sizes and that's already a like, problem <laughs> like a bunch well it's it's a matter of like it's a it's a exterior man door to a garage it's like 32 inches wide a lot of doors inside a house i think are like 36 inches wide and then there's like if it's a french door or other things so there's like yeah. two main sizes and then two of the like bigger kind of oddball sizes but then you can also have doors custom made if you want if you need something special because maybe you've got a powered wheelchair or something and you I need mean, custom doors more space should, should or happen. whatever but i think the, the other thing i mean is is because i find a lot of people's homeownership problems end up coming more from the wet stuff you know the yeah like not not just like yeah. sewage but also just yeah. piping also outdoor <clears throat> wet stuff like keeping up with all your organics mm-hmm. outside and uh so this is me this is hand waving this is not like me saying something that's scientifically accurate this is a real layman way to put it but it's going to be when someone figures out how to make the thing that makes all that stuff less difficult and mysterious where you don't necessarily need to always call in a specialist there might be lower level problems that there will be some tool for or some one of least... two options either everybody goes back to like living in a tent or a cabin and it all sucks or we just dome over the planet that's Wait. that that's a step beyond what i think i meant but yeah. also i'm down for doming over the planet uh yeah. no i just like you know it's the hand wavy thing of like you know you can't really describe how right now it's super easy to look up stuff you know if you went back in time 20 years but nowadays we know because you can look on your phone and people made information databases but I don't know. Like, it seems like homeownership always ends up being 
people, everyone I know comes off like they were kind of told it was going to be something else. And it is that something else, but in a less nice way. And so I don't know when, when the nature of homeownership shifts, I think that's going to be when you, when you look into it, that might just be a cost less. That might be just be, it's everything's made better. That just might be, there's more services available. I'm not sure. But right now it seems like, unless like you were saying, unless you are planning to live in that place for a decade and a half or two, and you have kids to live there and maybe even inherit it so that it's, it's not like, like where a home is not a five year possession, basically like that, then it still makes sense. But we we are mobile people right now. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say renting's any better. Renting is, is also in a state, depending where you live. Like some places is fine, but some of the big cities, renting is getting stupid, and that's also a ceiling that that's a ceiling that's going to break and hopefully start fixing itself well before homeownership does. But uh, that's me with my layman podcast about the condo market in Toronto, uh, and that's also WTFTFW episode. Uh, 538 so uh, we will talk to you later Uh, take it easy out there and stay friggin safe especially in the holiday shopping market and also be nice to a retail person It means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.